wasn't you. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Love Boat episode, Love Boat Project, sorry, episode six. Welcome aboard. For those of you who are returning guests, as you know, we don't need to see your ID. We don't need to see anything. We don't give you a key. We just give you a room number. Here with me, as always, is my co-host, Mike Robertson. And joining us on the cruise this week, our very good friend, Mr. Jimmy Prue. Hello, hello. Hello, sir. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Have you ever been on a cruise or ever wanted to go on a cruise? I used to think that it would be fun to go on a cruise, but now it seems like all you hear are horror stories. So mm. I'd probably enjoy it as long as you know you didn't get sick or anything like that, which seems to happen every time someone goes on a cruise now. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I we, we already dealt this season. Like, Mike, you know, we had cooked sausage or uncooked sausage. I mean, there's a lot of uh, yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that anything we've seen in the first six episodes has changed my mind about wanting to be on a cruise. I mean... We had a woman almost murdered. There's been multiple incidents of skeet shoot rifles being aimed at people. It just doesn't seem it doesn't seem like my cup of tea. It's not a safe working environment, as some people say. <laughs> yeah. All right. So look, let's get into it. We are here to talk about Love Boat Season One, Episode Six. Title of the episode is Joker is Mild, First Time Out, and Take My Granddaughter, Please. Original air date. October 29th, 1977. Spooky. Spooky. What okay. else what's what else was on? Okay. Well, on CBS at 10 o'clock was the Carol Burnett show. And we've said this week in, week out. It seems yep. like that's a staple on that CBS uh Saturday night schedule. Uh on NBC, there was a movie. Oh, and I always like to read these. There have been this some good a, movies so far. I'm excited about this week's. This one's even better. This is a movie called Monte Walsh. Anybody ever heard of this movie? Monte Walsh or Monty Walsh. Nope. From 1970 with Lee Marvin and Jack Palance. Oh, my God. Heavy hitters. Wow. Okay. An, an aging cowboy realizes that the West he knew and loved will soon be no more and that there will be no room for him either. That's every Lee Marvin movie that's about a cowboy, I think. I think this is the plot to Once Upon a Time in America. (laughs) I'm in Hollywood, too. It just, it doesn't seem like that's a lot to fill in a two hour. You really just need cowboys. You need Lee Marvin. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, there's like a, a, a cattle rustling. It's like five minute scene like in there. Something, something Jack posse. as a cowboy is always right. Stagecoach scenery. Yeah. You know, something horse, something poker, something whiskey. Yeah, something. Uh, that day in history, our Philadelphia Flyers were victorious with a score of seven to three over the St. Louis Blues. Man, the Today, late 70s hockey was high scoring. High scoring. Every week it's a seven two line passes. And we are currently Philadelphia Flyer fans. We are currently in second in the Patrick division. Oh, so right. uh, the old Patrick. We'll see what happens. Sounds like 78 is our year to win the cup. We're going to win so many more championships. Yep. All right. So here's another thing I was thinking about. Like, it's nice like to look at. <laughs> we like to look at this as like a slice of time. Now, last week, what we talked about is like, what was the number one song? Okay. There's a lot of, 
a lot of talk about college football and teams and conference shifting. So I thought, well, who was in the top 10 in the NCAA football rankings this week in, in, in the week of October 20, what what I say? 29th, 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 yeah. 29th, 1977. So how many do you think collectively between uh, Mike, you and Jimmy, can you get correct? But don't say the names yet. Okay. I want gonna, you to figure how many you think you guys collectively can get. Can you I nail feel, all of them? I feel like if this was basketball, there's always the chance of a couple outlier programs that like had people that maybe, you know, a one star team that, that came out of nowhere, like Marquette won the championship around this time in basketball. Right, right, right. I don't think that exists in late seventies college football. So I'm going to say we can get nine of the, what do you think Jimmy? You can get nine at nine out of ten. I don't think I could get nine out of ten, but I think I would. I have some guesses that are teams that are probably not that good anymore, but at that point in time were probably. That's top a good 10. thought. I mean, because this could be the SMU. So let's do this. Let's put together the top ten list. Let's see what you got. How many you guys can get? You want to alternate? Yeah, let's alternate. Uh, you sure? All right. I'm so ready whenever you gentlemen. Okay. I will go with Penn State. Yes. Okay. I think this would have been around the time that Notre Dame would have been a big time program. So I'm going Notre Dame. Yes. Okay. Uh, I feel like this is Woody Hayes territory. So Ohio State. Again, that's a yes. Killing it so far. All right. Next. Uh, I don't know if Vermeil was at UCLA at this point, but I'm thinking UCLA was probably. Sorry. Sorry. <sighs> so sorry. No, no, no. That, that is incorrect. Thanks for having me on. I guess I'll just step. That's only one. That's only one wrong. Well, it's got to be, right. if it's not UCLA, then it's probably USC. Yeah. That, that is correct. Um, you, this would be heard? one of my weird ones that Navy. Nice guess, but no, that is not correct. That's that, that, would, so that would be post. Carter was president. The Navy was yeah. weak. Yeah. <laughs> so so far, out of a total of one, two, three, four, five, six guesses, you have one, two, three, four correct. You get right, three well, more guesses collectively. Fair, since you're hosting Alabama. Woo. Yeah. I wouldn't have even brought it up. If I was going to say this right. is the only reason you even know this. Well, let me tell you this so far too. So, well, I'll give you the ten after we're done. Okay. Yeah. Bama. Woo. All right. Uh, I will guesses. go with uh, Michigan. Solid pick. Solid pick. That's a yes. Okay. All right. I am going to go. I feel like we have to go Pitt. I'm sorry. No. And that was your oh. final guess. Let me give you the top 10 college football teams as of October 29th, 1977. Number 10, South uh, Southern California. Number nine, Penn State. Number eight, Arkansas, which is sort of wow. surprising to me. Houston but Nutt. I, yeah. He, <laughs> or uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Jones. Oh, when would, would he go? Well, Bobby he went there in 1877. <laughs> so. uh, Arkansas, eight, seven, Kentucky, six, Michigan, five, Notre Dame, four, Oklahoma, three, Ohio State, two, Bama, one, Texas. But here's what's interesting Did about you say this. Kentucky? Kentucky's the weird one there. One, this, is weird. 
all of these teams belong to, well, all these teams belong to two current conferences. The new Big Ten and the new SEC are the only conferences wow. represented in this top 10, okay. which I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. So anyway, it just a little bit of flavor. We like to kind of see what's going on. It does explain a lot. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, let's talk about the uh, guest stars on this episode. First one we're going to talk about is Phil Foster as Barry Keys. He <laughs> was best known for his role as Frank DeFazio on Laverne and Shirley. Any thoughts on Mr. Barry Keys or Phil and or Phil Foster? Comedic genius. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> I mean, he's he's delivering that. I think it's a Brooklyn accent that he's coming with. I don't know where this guy grew up, but he's giving you that uh, East Coast crack up comic kind of vibe. It was very like a. Um, it was funny because it, it, it was awkwardly bad, right? But I think that was the point. It was clearly like some sort of like cat skills. You know, yeah. Alan King, like Jackie Mason, like those kind of guys. So. But I, the guy, I thought the actor, because I only knew this guy from Laverne and Shirley. Right. And I certainly yeah. didn't know his name, you know, um, before that. I thought he did a really good job in portraying to the point where I actually looked up to see if he was a stand-up comedian. Because the way he, like, carried himself on the actual act felt very like a real comedian. I'm not saying the bits were good or anything, but like the actual. Yeah, I got some thoughts on his stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that about him, the way he carried himself, because Foster, he made his debut as a nightclub comic in Chicago in the late oh. 1930s when he was pushed out on the floor suddenly to fill in for a stand-up comic. Okay. On That's spot. how you do it. But here, here's the thing That's I how I learned how to swim. <laughs> I... It, it just bear with me. I, I kind of have a theory here. My theory is one of two things. It works one way or the other way, right? Either Tony Clifton <laughs> does the best Barry Keys impression I've ever seen or vice versa. I have gone on a black hole of YouTube looking at old Tony Clifton clips and then listening to love this guy on the love boat talk, Barry Keith, it's the same thing. Now, this character of Tony Clifton came out in the late 70s as well. So wow. I don't know, but it is uncanny. So do you uh, think Andy Kaufman hmm. is actually Laverne DeFazio's father? No, 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 no. no. I'm portraying Tony Clifton. I, I think that Barry Keith's could have been the inspiration. The character of Barry Keys could have been the inspiration for Tony Clifton. Wow. I mean, he killed. He got a job. Well, no, no, no. That not, went, not that Not that Barry Keys. That guy, <laughs> Barry Keys went from buttering his hand to two days later getting signed to apparently the biggest comedy agent in the world. He turned his comedy into like a Henry Rollins show. It was that basically that crusty episode in The Simpsons where Terrible. he like turns against corporate America. It was so. awful. Uh, next, uh, Ruth Gordon. Look, you know, I didn't recognize her at first. I love Ruth Gordon. I wrote, I love Ruth Gordon because of every which way but loose and every which way but can. I remember seeing her as a kid. Yes. She cracked me up. Uh, interesting thing about her. 
Um, let's see here. Buh, 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 buh. American actress, screenwriter, and playwright began her career performing on Broadway at age 19. Uh, she's been in everything, everything. Yep. But the interesting thing is she, she almost became more famous later in her life based on like Harold and Maude, Harold and Maude. Yep. Uh, my bodyguard, Rosemary's baby. Like, so it was weird. Like mid sixties on, she was almost, she had such a resurgence, which was kind of cool. I, I do remember her from every which way you can or any which way you can, every which way but loose. But I do very much remember her as the grandmother in my bodyguard because I really liked that movie for some reason when I was a kid. I like that. Might, uh, um, Chris, Chris make peace. If I, if I'm not, mistaken. I think I just like the idea of being able to live in a hotel. I thought that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. My uh, communications class freshman year, we did a film study on Harold and Maude. And so I think I watched that movie like five times in three weeks or something like that. <clears throat> and that's really what she's playing. And I think to your point, she kind of plays <laughs> that character the last she was in a, I think you guys know, I did a Newhart binge of, uh, like last year, and she shows up in the in the Vermont hotel for I'm one episode, just doing Ruth Gordon stuff, just that, walks you know, into a standing sound. ovation. Like, she was she was amazing. Was she the grandmother in Vacation? No, that was um, uh, uh, Ethel Merman or Imogene Coco, one of the two. I think it was really? Imogene Coco. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. she was from that your show of shows back yep. in the day. Yeah. Ethel Merman was in an airplane. So yeah. 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 So that is uh Ruth, the next uh guest star. This one was kind of weird to me. Uh number one, it's Tab Hunter. Anybody with the first name Tab, like the eyebrows, like okay, Tab Hunter. That has to be a fake name. I, I don't think it is though. So it is Dave a King. Fake name. So Tab Hunter, big friggin' deal. Oh, he was a huge deal. Yeah, he was a huge deal. So it, he was an American actor, singer, film producer, author, known for his blonde, clean cut, good looks. He starred in more than forty films, uh, appeared on the covers of hundreds of film magazines, and had a number one hit in nineteen fifty seven called "Young Love." Renaissance man, <laughs> Tab Hunter. I, where I knew that name from was, hmm. and I, I, I meant to say this. So this was the episode where I really needed the portal credits because yeah. even the guys I turned out, I knew I didn't know the actors names. And then there's a couple of people on here that you're going to get to that. I have no idea who they are. Um, but tab Hunter was a name that was familiar. And I realized I knew it from watching mystery science theater 3000 because they would have, old tab hunter movies and they would do it all the time or they would make tab hunter references. So I knew him as uh, an old reference more than anything. This might've been the first thing I've ever seen him in that didn't have people talking over it. So what'd you think of tab hunter, Jimmy? <clears throat> well, we'll get to it when we get into talking about it, but mm -hmm. there's one scene in particular that stands out. We'll just get to it later, but uh, all right. you know, the, the thing that I had to look this up because I'm watching this thing and I know I'm going to do the podcast. So I'm looking up for like, who are these people? And it turns out like, yeah, he was this heartthrob guy, but he was also apparently closeted. 
And oh, like, at one like point, there was like kind a of thing. thing that got yeah. out there where it was like, hey, this guy might be gay. And then he suddenly got married to, I guess, throw people off because that's what you had to do back then, I guess. I mean, we've had two episodes in a row. One, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I can't, the, the actor that played Mike Jim Brady Neighbor. and Jim Neighbors, like yeah. same thing where it was like, just a crazy different time. Yeah. Well, wasn't there one? Uh, wasn't like Christy McNichol on one of these earlier episodes? She yes. was. She yeah. was. She, she was, was like with Scott. Went Bale. years where they kept trying to make her like the teenage love interest of somebody, and <clears throat> you know, different time. Yeah, very different, different time. time. Hey, can you so, pause this at all or no? What no, sir. Name? Once you're on the cruise, you're on the Once cruise. You're on, sir. you're on. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I got a thing in my throat. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, next guest star is Patty Duke, not to be Patty confused Duke with Patty Hearst. Okay, if you <laughs> if you if you're looking up info for Patty Duke, don't look up Patty Hearst. Although they both had big person. years at times, so. I did have to look up Patty Duke because I knew the name, but I didn't know where I knew her from. And uh, it turns out, like, like I think the most famous thing she did was the Helen Keller movie. She was in the Helen Keller. She was 15 years old uh, and she won an Academy Award. Most interesting thing about her to me was her son. (laughs) Oh, right. It's uh, Sean Sean Astin, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's married to Gomez himself at this time. Oh, wow. I I had no idea. There's a whole thing about like she got pregnant. She immediately got married. That marriage was later annulled. She, for years, told Sean Astin that one person was his father, and then years later, he found out that somebody else was. So, well, Patty had some mind, things going on. Keep in mind that she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in the early 80s. She became an So, he might have, like, you know what I mean? She might have had some undiagnosed things that make life super Well, I think later on in life, then. she kind of became... Like a yeah, she was an advocate, advocate for, for mental like health issues. Education and well, the interesting too. So over the course of her acting career, she was a recipient uh, of an Academy Award, two Golden Globes, three primetime Emmys, and a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, yeah, she's a big hit. Yeah, that hmm. was a big that was a big combination, those two. By yeah. both Oscar winners, right? I mean, that's like mm-hmm. that's high cotton for, for a love boat episode. <laughs> I agree. And and don't forget the Patty Duke show where she played identical identical cousins of Kathy and Patty Lane. Oh, she That's played right. two uh, roles? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that know. was a Nick at Night. I knew that from Nick at Night. That was a staple of <laughs> Nick at Night. Kid. That and Dobie Gillis. Like that was on <laughs> yes. every yes. night. Dobie Gillis. And then I'm gonna go on to the next person. Uh, uh Robert and I and I don't quite is it Hayes? Robert Hegius? Yeah, I'm Hegius? Oh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I've never heard it said out loud. Yeah. So Robert Hegius is Danny, um, best known for his portrayal of high school student Juan Epstein in the 70s American sitcom Welcome Back, Cotter. And as Detective Manny Esposito uh, on the 1980s American crime drama Cagney and Lacey on ABC from 75 to 79. Wow. So that was another big one. Second Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. I watched probably a bunch of episodes of Cagney and Lacey. I couldn't remember a single thing about it and didn't remember that he was on. I was more of a scarecrow and Mrs. King. Myself. 
I think he's um I think I probably always thought this as a kid watching Cotter that he was the best actor, maybe him or Freddie Washington. Um, but like I think he's actually really pretty good in this. Um yeah, he like, I agree. I think he's the best in this. Yeah. It's just there's, well, there's a lot there's a lot going on with that role. And he's that really storyline is weird, but he's really good at it. Yeah, and he's carrying. I mean, there's a lot of words that he's saying in that, and he's pretty much acting by himself in a lot of that. You know, so Ooh. first first Cotter though. So we'll keep as we keep oh, our okay. scoreboard yeah, here. They all first have Cotter. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: his famous cousin oh. is. Any oh, I know guesses? this. Any I guesses? know this. All right. I know who this is. Mike, go ahead. I don't know. John Bon Jovi. That is correct, really? sir. Yes, this is John Bon Jovi's. And this this gentleman is not Hispanic at all. No. He's like Italian and uh like Cuban? Eastern European. Some not even a no not no Hispanic. Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's not some, even like, better, even better actor. So yeah, and great for him. So let's move on to Maureen McCormick as Barbara. Let us move on to Marine. Yeah, I've got some things to talk about here. (laughs) I can talk about Marsha for Uh, a while. (laughs) Let's just skip ahead. We know she was Marsha Brady. Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Let's just get to the meat of the the matter here. Following the cancellation of the Brady Bunch, McCormick spent years addicted to cocaine and quaaludes, which impeded her career. Uh, McCormick later stated that she sometimes traded sex for drugs during her early 20s. She also flubbed an audition with Steven Spielberg for a part in what movie? Raiders of the Lost Ark. (laughs) Arriving for the audition under the influence of cocaine and having not slept for three days. I mean, does that have thoughts and prayers? Hmm. So that's there's no way that it was for Marion, right? That's too big a role. So was it like for one of those students at the beginning of the movie? There weren't that many women in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I can't. I agree with you that I can't imagine that it would have been Marion. It had to be. Who else could it have? I mean, maybe they. Who knows? Maybe they didn't know what they wanted, but right. Or maybe he was throwing her a bone, like Marine McCormick. Sorry, she's she's fine. There's no way she's playing Marion in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, here's a fun movie. She would just sound like Marsha Brady. I don't know if you know this about Raiders of the Lost Ark, but like, there's a line in the movie where. She says, like, I was a child and it was wrong. Like, apparently Lucas, the backstory that he wrote that I I think Spielberg was like, we're not going to do this, was that the relationship that goes on between her and Indy happens when she is, like, 15. A child bride. Yeah. So maybe Maybe. Marie McCormick was the young blonde that was supposed to be irresistible to Indy. The other thing that I know from a previous episode, because this is our second Brady Bunch person, is that I believe the Brady Bunch Variety Hour is right. in the at this time. So uh, <laughs> the Bradys are, are really, they're really out there, and uh, as we'll get to later, they're they're really horny. These Bradys once you get them out, out of California. So. Wow. Well, I, right. I have some thoughts on that as we go along. So let's get into it. Let's begin the episode uh, for Fraternity Brothers Board the Pacific Princess. Check in with Julie. And she, you know, as always, she automatically knows who they are. There's no ID. There's no anything. Ask her if she thinks there'll be enough action on the ship. I'm just going to say, I can't stand these guys. These guys suck. These guys suck so bad. And 
No luggage. I didn't yeah. think about that. They brought that. no luggage. They have suits for days, but they have no luggage with them. What so. do they have? Have their luggage like sent ahead of time, and then they hung it up, like when they were loading the Heineken on the ship. Well, they for, have their suits. First of all, they're four college freshmen, right? Clearly, this entire trip is to get uh, Juan Epstein laid, and th- they decide to go on a cruise, which is weird because, as we've seen, yeah. these cruise demographics are all over the place. Like you could, you could have been on the same cruise as the, the over sixty, right? And then what? I mean, so, you have I to mean, suspend disbelief when you watch these shows, but I want—I completely agree with the idea that a bunch of frat guys from a cal from a college in California are going to say, "Our buddy has never been with a girl. What do we do? Throw a rager? Invite everyone we know? No, let's yeah. go on a cruise." And these—well, we have not determined the price of this cruise, but we are thinking it's somewhat expensive. This is not I like. It's not we like have to the Aaron has some knowledge about the cruises in order to answer well, those questions. Well, I think yeah, Roxy I don't know what Blue seventy seven was, but I think it's more than what four college guys are going to be. Able to yeah, do. I mean Roxy Blue is not going on some freshwater boat. You know what right. I mean? Like it, it's she's it's not happening. So this this is has to be of a caliber where, or at least the option is there to get like first class accommodations. It's really probably pre- like when I lived in Tampa for that year and we looked at apartments, they were a lot of them were near colleges and they made a point to tell you that they were priced to keep the riffraff of college sure, kids out of sure. your building. And it's like, that's probably what their boat's doing. The princess doesn't want a bunch of kegs floating in the, in that little circle pool. Like, but you know, to Jimmy's point, I, 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 I agree with you. Cause it's like, it's hard to swallow that the logic is, Hey, let's leave California, you know, where it's sunny all the time. Everyone's tan and let's go on this. Let's leave this college campus full of, of eligible women. And yeah. why to go on a boat for, it just isn't it. it for, for 10, the logic I think is just pretty much established me. 10 days. That's a long time. It is a long time. Like it's like, a long time. Yeah. The thing that, you know, the idea, like, they're not just college students, like, they're in a fraternity. You yeah. know, like, this is... Right, like, there's no reason to leave. The only thing that you could possibly come up with is they're like, okay, you need to get a girl. We don't want it to be a whole thing, so we're going to have this anonymous woman that you meet on this cruise just to get it out of the way. Meanwhile, we're all going to be having a blast. So you just go do some jumping jacks and meet some women. And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just like just the pure numbers game. They were just playing a numbers game. It's a bizarre call. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bizarre call. Yeah. I'd love to know what the second option was. (laughs) By the way, that's like the third line that one of the guys says after they get on there. He's like, well, great idea. Take a cruise. But that's after Julie. Right. think that the only action going on is uh, shuffleboard. And And that guy, that guy who said that line is 37 years old. That is the oldest college freshman I've ever seen. It's funny, too. And even later in the episode. I don't know what these guys did. I mean, obviously they went to dinner with the captain because everybody goes to dinner with the captain eventually in a 10 day period. But other than that, you don't really see what these guys are doing. Gamble. So I, Apparently I they're just strange. taking everybody's money to see if they're friends. Well, they are running a pool. Yeah. That's it. That's all they do. Like it's, it's like rounders. That's what they're yeah. doing. They're, they're hustling everyone awful. on the ship. These guys are awful. These guys might as well have been old people because they sucked on <laughs> these, these guys, guys were clearly. No, 
drug dealers and you know they went on this cruise as a cover to go meet their contact and uh in acapulco that's, that's not going with you. well and they're strangely obsessed with this guy's ver- yes vernity. yes like yes. what the hell man that's i mean if you're like if you meet somebody at college and he's your frat brother and you're like and he says like hey guys embarrassing but you know i've never been with a woman you're not going to be obsessed with that. You're going to be like, that's weird, dude. But like, come on, man. Like you're in college now. Go get it done. You're not going to make it right. your mission to go. Or I don't know. Maybe you do. I don't know. If frat guys. Well, I'm not going. The fact I'm not going international <laughs> on this venture. Like, well, they haven't even gotten an ulterior on the motive for this 47 year old college student to be on this. <laughs> this well, they, they never even got on the boat. Like they didn't get a chance on the boat. And they're already talking about virginity. Like Julie knows. Oh, right on. I don't know who you are. I don't have ID, but I know this dude's a vert. Like they're so right. And plus, oh, like, would you crazy. tell would you tell the TSA guard that? <laughs> like, that's weird. Like, it's just a weird thing to say. Well, that whole storyline about because at one point Danny says like the whole ship is talking about it, and at one point when uh, Marsha is talking to him, her name in the episode is Barbara, by the way. Uh, she says something like she's talking to is it Isaac comes up to her. Yeah. And she says, like, oh, you know, his friend, he's under a lot of pressure with his friends. So clearly everybody knows that Danny is there to try to get a girl. That's why Barry Keys was able to get a set on this boat is because the rest of the entertainment apparently sucked. If only only this guy's love life is the talk <laughs> of the boat. Somebody asked for his autograph. No, that's I would. I would. Yeah. Who does I would, that? I would drown. Present, I would drown Barry Keys. I promise you. I'd jump off with him and I'd make sure he didn't come back up. I've had enough of this guy already. He hasn't we even introduced to him yet. Done, We've even done gotten to Barry Keys yet. He's the well, worst character to ever be on the boat. He's elsewhere. <laughs> Shirley Warner boards the ship while bickering with her grandmother about how this cruise is less about her, Shirley, finding a husband. And more about it being a birthday present for the old lady. Um, Julie, meanwhile, is giving a tour of the ship to. Let's not hold up. Let's let's not rush through this past thing. Let's talk about this Patty Duke um, and her grandmother. Let's talk about this. So essentially, the daughter wanted to go on a. The granddaughter wanted to go on a cruise to celebrate her grandmother's birthday. The grandmother agreed to go on the cruise so she could set up her granddaughter with a successful man. Right? In a nutshell? Yeah. 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 As one does. All right. Uh, As one does. As one does. Uh, Julie, meanwhile, is giving... Do you think they had one room or two rooms? One. Like, if it's for somebody's birthday, would you need to give them their own room? I mean, they don't give complete strangers their own room. I mean, remember the John Ritter episode? We also haven't seen a lot of room situations mm-hmm. in a while, except for, mm-hmm. you know, Marsha and Epstein. But like well, they we describe Barry Keys's room as being the cheapest one on the boat. Yeah. Oh, I have I have a note about Barry Keys's room. Yeah, I got a note about his room. Yeah, we have the same one. <laughs> so Julie, uh, meanwhile, is giving a tour of the ship to family friend and washed up comedian Barry Keys, who says the words, the love boat, it's a big waterbed. Yes. Oh, as he's walking in, uh, when they run into talent agent named Freddie Stevens, 
Uh, Barry, self-importantly, bellows at Freddie to not bother him with talk about getting signed because he's strictly here to enjoy his vacation. And Freddie gives him the what the hell are you talking about look and says he'd <laughs> be more than happy to ignore his existence. Hateable. Poor Freddie. Poor Freddie. Already... He's on the boat for some Poor R&R. Julie. Poor Julie. She's just getting used. Well, you know, he did it's her just... father a big favor once. They never, they never actually get into what. Yeah, what was the favor? I well, thought that, not just I that. Thought but she like, did say that, like he gave his, he gave her father break. like his big break, but they never really say what his, what like what was her father? Right. They never mention like, is he a comedian? Is he an actor? And maybe don't. I mean, they're 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 laying the breadcrumbs here. I assume well, it'll come up at some point. But what did Barry Keys remove a body? Like what did what did Barry Keys do to give this guy? Like what did he do that to owe? Maybe he gave him this? that butter bit. But like that's to owe funny. a life debt. I I just I really can't stand this guy, Barry Keys. I really out of all the well, luckily he's on like most oh. of the episodes. So. Yeah, <laughs> so annoying. It's like normally I'll watch these episodes three three times if i really like it i'll watch it a fourth time i had a hard time getting through the second watch just just because of barry keys and then i was trying to determine like he's podcast well i was like what is it there's something familiar here that's just grating my nerves and that's when i looked up he's tony Tony freaking clifton so anyway let's move on so real quick yeah Julie sends Barry off to, as Jimmy said, his garbage, his garbage hotel room. Right. And there's like a million people in the elevator. And that is the nightmare scenario. Now, that <laughs> yeah. boat's not that tall, but it's like, this is why I would never get on an elevator with like a bunch of people I'm just at waiting. one time. It's not because I'm claustrophobic. It's because if it gets stuck, I don't want to talk to all these people. Can you imagine being stuck in an elevator with Barry Keys for 40 minutes? Well, and we've seen and this we elevator, know these elevator before. We've already seen it go down once. So yeah, it smells like sausage to this day. Yeah. yeah that would no, be that's a nightmare. Squeeze 40 minutes of Barry Key off the uh, Barry Keys off the cuff humor. Just elevators in my day. We only had a rope, you know, like uh, that kind of stuff. He has to make a comment for everything. Every exhale is a new stupid joke. <laughs> Can't stand him. Uh, Grandma Warner motions Gopher over and tells him she'd like to arrange for her and her granddaughter to be seated at the singles table. Aren't we just on the boat? And you're already booking I mean, dinner? It is the love boat. I know. It's all about the dinner table. It's all <laughs> so about the dinner table. That's all that matters on this show. There's no wheel. Apparently, in order to stir the steer the ship, you just sit down with a short jacket at a long table, and it steers itself. It, it's so annoying. The the it, it is annoying because the whole it, it, you're obsessed with the obsessed captain. with the. I just want to see a wheel just once. Just show me a glimpse of a, of well, a bridge. We'll get to it later. But you know, Barry Keys, your arch nemesis, actually calls Stubing. I on did. That. I did. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I, I did notice that. Uh-huh. So I didn't want out. to. Don't throw him out yet. Uh, yes. Elevator smells like sausage. All right. Uh, so Captain and Grandma Warner, they have this bizarre conversation about a Leonard Keller. She now, says, I have a comment How? about Leonard Keller because it was bizarre. Do you think that is a reference to Helen Keller? Because it's Patty Duke. That would be my assumption. Okay. 
That's the only way that whole scene makes sense. Did you? I, I don't know who Leonard Keller is. Is, is this a? Did we look? For I just think uh, Keller. I just Mr. think Brando. the fact that he was Keller was just the the hat tip. It's the as the, the kids call it an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, a little something, for, exactly a little something for the, the nerds the, back in the late nerds. They knew we were going to heads out there. Yeah, they knew one day there was going to be a project, and exactly. that somebody was going to be looking. Yeah, it's kind of like a forefather's constant. Uh, Julie is at the bar. Isaac has a bottle of champagne. He says, "Don't worry, a friend owed it to me." But then says, "A friend owes him some caviar." I've never had anybody owe me caviar or food uh, no, as like a. I've never had that. That um, bar is empty. <laughs> that bar is always that bar. You never see it. This is why we always say like, oh, they got to get Isaac some help. They don't need to get Isaac some help no. because you know what? Isaac had plenty of time to go gossip with the kids <laughs> on this episode and give out free champagne. He's stealing money from that bar. They're not making back that champagne money. Not tonight. For, and you got to think like either it's an, uh, all inclusive or not, regardless, the bar is going to be busy, right? Yeah. I mean, every episode up until the last two, everyone on this boat is drunk as a skunk. And yet, when we go to the bar, this is two weeks in a row now, it's pretty much just staff. Yeah. I thought and they're it was stealing. Weird. So they're not even yeah. paying, and then they're stealing, they're taking money away. Well, there is one scene where uh, Barry Keyes is making everybody very upset, including these two women sitting next to him who get up and leave the bar because they can't take his humor. But uh, yeah, there's no one at the bar, which seems like it's uh, it's not accurate. It's weird. Oh, do you think that Barry Keyes That's the only place that people are going to be gathering around at this boat is the bar. <laughs> oh, I wonder. Maybe you're right, Jim. Maybe that's like deep subtext that actually that bar was popping like an hour ago. And then Keys comes down. And Keys comes in, riffing on yeah. how you count cows or whatever the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I bet he's. I bet he's proud of it. I bet he shows up. The, the bar empties out, and he's like, "You just got keys. That's it. Yeah, yeah you got Barry here. Barry Keys in the building. Get out of here." Like, remember, I used to be really good at staring at somebody in a crowded bar so they'd leave. Like it's like <laughs> <laughs> get that spot. We just bring Barry Keys with us if we want a good spot somewhere. <laughs> That's what you need. Drop him off, and he can empty out that awesome side in the back on 44. And then we go, then we tell him to beat it, and we take the seats. Thanks, Barry. High fives. He gives you a secret handshake. All of us individual secret handshakes, and he's out of there with butter. Yeah, butter with hand. butter. Uh, ship sets sail. Julie delivers a bottle of champagne to Barry in his tiny cabin. And Fibs compliments of the captain. Barry happily reminisces about her how her father used to bring her pack backstage before her performances, and Julie credits Barry for being the reason her father remained in showbiz. A lot of unanswered questions here. Two things. Like, I don't get, you know, yeah. Two things. First of all, he offers and then essentially grabs two glasses, is going to pour Julie a drink. Again, this boat just took off. Oh, yeah. Julie's drinking on the job again. again. We saw this last week too, which is fine, but it's like, you know, she should be busier than this. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. Two, that's Isaac's room from last week. <laughs> 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 it's, 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 
<laughs> now, they're definitely going to be reusing six. Because show. later on, when he's working out, it's that stupid thing that you called on the wall. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Room. Oh, it's Isaac's room. <laughs> I even have a note in here. Like, how are you working out with the uh, two handles and some springs? I forgot. So the, the crap we brought room. A, we brought this up the, on an earlier episode. Yes. Remember, we said that thing, crappy thing on the. Mm-hmm. He didn't even try. It is Isaac's room. They oh. just were like, sir, you're a terrible comedian. Stay in this heartbroken bartender's room this week. I wonder, I wonder if that not room is just... anything over on YouTube. That's for sure. I wonder maybe maybe it was Isaac's room. But him and him and Roxy Blue just wrecked that wrecked room it. so much. <laughs> they were like, you, you don't have to stay here. He, he was he was too heartbroken. He had to move rooms. That could be a Isaac thing right just there. gets assigned a new room every trip. You imagine yeah, every trip. Can you imagine like your next week's guest and it's like, oh, who used to stay here? Oh, the bartender who got dumped because he was too clingy to a rock star and Barry goddamn keys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Keys, the guy who's appearing all over the place now. <laughs> or and everyone's there, like, look, you have to stay in this room. There's only one rule. And they're like, What's that? What keep the door locked? Like, no. You see those two handles and those springs. You need to work your shoulders while you're staying here. Se- second That's rule, it. you have to be the most pathetic person on this mm-hmm. boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God only knows what level this room was on. Like, I don't know how that works, but I imagine this is back in the corner on the Sub-boy- side, away from boiler. Yeah. I'm surrounded by cardboard boxes. So just an awful spot. There's no window. Interesting. Um, One of the rooms seem to have windows, which is just weird. Like, no, not even a port- just uh, not even not a portal. Even a portal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I wonder to. I don't know how that worked. I would think that I, I would know. imagine it was just too expensive to try. I mean, to I've been on fishing it. boats that at least had a window in the middle. Yeah, you know, it's like a window. Yeah. Uh, Barry uh, mentioned. Uh, Barry says she's probably itching. She being Julie, itching to ask him to perform his comedy shtick for the other passengers, even though he's here to relax. But then relents. And says he's willing to throw her a bone by agreeing to a 15-minute guest stop, guest spot. Sorry. He's not going to do his whole act, though. You get no, 15 minutes, it. and that's it. Just a tight 15. He yeah. hasn't even been on this ship, right? A few hours. He's already gotten this bobo bottle of champagne that no one got for him. He got a pity bottle of champagne. He could have gotten pity caviar, but Julie didn't want to wait. That's on Julie. But the other thing is just, this guy just Stinks. He He's already stinks. chased out the bar crowd. <laughs> Done. Chased out the bar crowd. Isaac thinks this guy's hateable, and I don't think they've had a face-to-face meeting. <laughs> Just <laughs> awful. He's the human equivalent of pig pen on peanuts. Just everyone runs the other way because they don't want to be covered in in this guy's dust. I just can't stand this guy. I just think he's a horrible character. I feel like we I haven't even gotten to the bad stuff about him yet. No, this is <laughs> I mean, enough. Like, this is enough. Stuff when he gets later on, when he's doing his act, or he's, he's not even doing his act, he's like sitting down somewhere and he's telling jokes really loud and everybody. But the face that Steuben is making, like, is just like he hates this guy so yeah. much. Yeah. And he doesn't know how he him. got on the ship. <laughs> well, he only hates him for one reason don't mess with the captain's dinner. Charo did. He wasn't happy when she, you know, did her thing up there. Not thrilled. I mean, in the end, it worked out. Thank goodness. He does. Don't he? Don't mess with his short jacket. Don't mess with his dinner because he's going to have dinner with everyone. And as we learned last week, dinner can go on to like three o'clock in the morning. Well, let's let's Back. be honest. 
we're we're over captain's dinners. We have not had a successful captain's dinner yet. Nope. Shenanigans. The, the most successful happened. captain's dinner you could argue was the one where he pulled his ex-wife out by the arm to yeah. yell at her. <laughs> so, he told her to go to, go to your room in front of her husband. So. We haven't seen that captain in five episodes. No, like, that guy. Happened, that captain? guy died that day. <laughs> Something they overhauled the character. Uh, do 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 uh, Julie says it's not necessary, but Barry replies that he doesn't want to disappoint the captain, who clearly wants him to perform, as is evidenced by the complimentary bottle of champagne. Uh, Look at that. Hoisting your own free champagne, Julie. You just got buried on that one. That one just came back and screwed you, Julie. Jeez. You should have. Thank God you didn't wait for the caviar in retrospect. You thought that. I'd have been showing up at Steuben's room at that point. Like, I'll do a 30 minute. But the thing is, though, this guy, this guy's a piece of. Clearly, this captain's flirting with me. So, yeah. Barry Keys has been here before. Give me old Barry Keys magic. This guy set out to use Julie. To somehow get some exposure to this agent, and he just used—he's such a piece of garbage. Like from yeah, the very here's beginning. The here's the thing: spoiler, it all worked. He's a terrible character, but this plan <laughs> comes together very well for him. Yeah. Why yeah. would you? This is the love boat, right? He's the this smartest man in Hollywood. Hollywood. Makes no sense. There's no love. There's no anything here. Well, I was thinking this about that. A, like the fact that there user. are like these different storylines. Like his storyline has nothing to do with romance. Nothing to do with going on the boat to try to find love. It's nothing. just like I need a gig. I need a gig. Yeah. And uh, is it the woman first woman who I've known since she was little? She works on the boat. I'll go do that. You know? right. Is this not about story my last shot? So I'm going on a boat. Me is and this kid are going to go find has... love on this boat. The kids, you know, he's he, this is the only chance he's going to get to ever see a woman. And uh, this is my last chance to make it in Hollywood. Have we had a storyline with no romance angle of any kind? Mm-hmm. It always had something to do roundabout. Somewhere. Yeah, like even the olds or... were interfering with, with that's love. What the, that's what didn't make any sense. It, it's not the betrayal He's being boat. a little it's creepy with boat. Julie, though. So maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe in his I mind, guess. he had more than just a gig in, in well, yeah. you got to you got to question this guy's scruples as a whole. I mean, just the guy's oh. just a piece of garbage. Yeah, well, we'll get to what he does later, which is amazing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, we need yeah. to we need to move on, or we're never going to uh, get to this. Right. <laughs> so, Danny approaches a woman shooting photos and tries to flirt with her by standing in front of her camera. She responds by snarking that he's blocking her light and to get the hell out of her frame. Go this back guy's... to Cleveland. Here's the thing: it's not that hard to like flirt with ladies. Right, you walk up and you blah 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 blah. You know, hey, you say something and blah blah. blah are you? And you just move on and blah blah blah. Sure, it's easy, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, can I mean, say they, these things. I wrote one of my notes that I wrote down and underlined yeah. and put exclamation points next to was that Danny has absolutely no game. Nope. And I'm no. not saying this is like some Casanova, but I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. Like he has no ability to talk to anybody. See, I don't even see an issue with it. Like, I just like, yeah, yeah you know, the, she's not that's the, one for the you. issue. That's the issue that you don't it's see. Very, he does a very it. good job of making it believable. Like, it's easy to see how this guy has never been with a woman. Yes. Yes. But he's but here's the thing, too. He's very smart. He's well-educated. As we see later, he's well-read and things like that. 
like you know he's a worldly fellow but that doesn't that doesn't help man when this lady's just trying to take pictures mm-hmm. on the boat just get a couple of those uh boozes that that old grandmother put in the soup and you know <laughs> bring them over and get to it this boat is filled with alcohol like get going i, I mean and, and he it, is he is uh yeah uh, there's more coming but like yeah, he they did it. He did a good job. The actor did a good job of uh, playing somebody who has absolutely no idea how to talk to him. Yes, bad storyline, horrible friends, but excellent portrayal of a guy who sucks yeah. at talking to women. So. I, immediately, I, you get the impression you're like, okay, I see how this has not happened for him. Yes, yes. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. Right, this is the second storyline that I can't stand. Right, in the same episode. And I'll tell you why. As a guy that has no game and doesn't know how to talk to ladies, this is not an accurate portrayal of that role, okay? (laughs) This is an incredibly specific episode and an incredibly specific, like, I don't know if you call it a set of skills or a way of being, but what I'm telling you right there is that guy doesn't have that problem. This is These are two storylines within one episode that are just straight garbage, okay? (laughs) Just horrible. So wait, I can't stand Barry. Can't stand it. Too good. At too good looking. To too good looking. Too. Come on, it, it's it's not believable. It's not believable because he's, because he's talking to the women. No, no, it, it's not. It's more than that. It, it's a few things, right? Maybe you make him a little overweight. Maybe you have a guest star a little overweight. You know, you give give somebody a reason to be self conscious, like that kind of thing. What well, this guy? That, like, a, an amazing well, head of hair questionable ethnicity <laughs> on a cruise a couple of open buttons come on I mean, he does have this is all not, i call shenanigans 100 percent on this it is not boo boo so i mean i defer to you on on awkward flirty experiences thank so thank you i will take your i will take your I note mean, I, I have a unique point of reference that's all <laughs> Uh, moving on shirley is reading by the pool and i just want to say this who reads i wrote a book who I wrote a note. Who reads a book by laying on your stomach on the side of the pool without a swimsuit on when there's deck chairs everywhere? Who, who's doing that? And then, well, so weird. Well, go ahead, Mike. Because I think you're going to make the point that I'm about to make. So not only does she do all that weird stuff, then poor Dave King, old tab hunter himself, pops out of the water. And not like he wasn't doing a swan dive cannonball. And I guess gets a little water on her. And no, no, no. Let's no, no, no. We got to stop there. Okay. I, I have a note here. This is the most unhinged way for anyone to get out of a pool. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this scene specifically, but she's laying next to the pool, as you said, fully dressed, yeah. reading a book. Weird. And he, yeah. pop, he like pops out from behind. He like somehow like puts his hands up and pops out backwards and like lands on her. No oh, like they do justify okay. Like so, those yeah. NFL players do when they jumping out of a pool in those videos, like that kind of thing. Who's so like, like oh, somehow I'm the Dave. writers were like, we have to have these two bump into each other. Somebody's like, well, what if they just see each other and recognize each other on the deck? And another guy goes, No, we need him to bump, they need to bump into each other. All right. She's laying think- by the pool, fully dressed. He back flips out, lands on her. This is how they meet. Do you think that's, and we wouldn't know this, do you think maybe that's Tab Hunter's move from like maybe. the 50s movie? I wouldn't be surprised if there's a movie somewhere where Tab Hunter hops out of the pool. Right. Like that was like a real applause moment <laughs> for people who knew. 
or maybe that makes more sense, his... Jim. Now that you gave context to the to how weird that jump was, because I had a note that I was like, "Man, Patty Duke yelled like she got shot when he when he, he jumps out, out of the water and lands on her." Like, yeah, that makes a little more sense. I think I missed the the collision. So I think too. I I think maybe it's just a strategy, right? Like let's just again, say it, it worked. <laughs> like let's so, say I mean, he I'm can gonna, he holds his gonna, breath. Listen, I'll like talk for, about Danny's game. I'm not going to talk about uh. Tab's game here. Like, yeah. Tab's got it going on. I, I'm, I'm just paying so much attention to this storyline because it's the only thing keeping me interested in this episode because the other <laughs> two are straight garbage. I, I and will on tell this, you this yeah. before we get too far. I said this to Michelle right before we came up to record. I said, I know that Mike is going to hate the Ruth Gordon storyline. <laughs> so I was completely off. Yeah, yeah. I, I love off. the Ruth Gordon. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's light. I feel like it belongs on the show. Uh, where are we? Okay. Uh, grandma strolls over to see what's up. That's what I put in the notes. Shirley introduces Dave and reminds her that they briefly dated in high school. Grandma initially looks encouraged by the presence until she, she learns he's an elementary school teacher. Yes. She pulls Shirley aside, complains that teachers make shit money and urges her to show some cleavage. Yes. Wow. She also says, that he's probably a stowaway. Yeah, that was great. Because there's no way an elementary school teacher could afford to take this fancy cruise, you know? Yeah. So so there you go. There's your price point again. There we go. But, but yeah. then she does still encourage her to show some cleavage, which is, you know, which is well, good. she doesn't yeah, physically encourage her. She like pulls her shirt down. So well, also too, I mean, anyone can go on the ship. I think, you know, John Ritter proof as long as you have a viable alter ego that you can dress and you know get John changed Ritter into bought a ticket though yeah john he ritter bought a, a ticket did jj did jj walker buy a ticket jj walker technically did not stow away okay. drove next to the boat so fair, yeah. enough. fair enough so two out of the six episodes we've actually had stowaways JJ technically was not a stowaway. No, I, I disagree. JJ was JJ, not a stowaway. JJ was not a stowaway. You're I get the impression that before the boat leaves, it is kind of like being in the pre-TSA area of an airport. And so therefore he's allowed to hang around. He never stowed away. He should have stowed away instead of driving oh, that's down right. the boat. Well, you're Mexico. allowed to come on board and talk to people. And then you've got to go join the thousands of people on the dock who are saying goodbye to these people yes. for the 10 day cruise that they're right. taking. Like you're, going to, like you're going to space. <laughs> they yes. do have quite a large group of people saying goodbye to them every week, even though these people are not going on the Titanic across the ocean. It's just a, who's showing up to say goodbye to their friends going on a cruise. And that's definitely a thing now. Like we had that insert shot again. Like that is just oh, something yeah. we're getting every that's, week. I think that's probably in every single episode there's a yeah. shot of them. Yeah. Away. They're more and more ludicrous because it clearly is just shot like in a photo booth somewhere at like Great Adventure. Like it's just like. <laughs> uh, Danny's fraternity pals razz him about finding a woman. And at this point it, they give out some info. He is 19 and a half years old. Uh, and they bring up what he said, quote unquote, by the time I get to Acapulco again, this guy's too good looking to have this problem. He's got too much hair in his head. He's shown too much chest. He's in good shape. He's good. 
nah. They, he's, got you, loser, you, he's got loser friends, though. I mean, that's... Yeah, but you, you got to get, like, an average-looking person to make it believable. I could keep... Every segment, I could keep talking about how much I hate this. But I, I don't want to do that. I just... It's not... Okay, let's move on to dinner. Okay, let's move on to happier places here. To another guy you hate. <laughs> uh, uh, at dinner, here's... Here's Barry loudly cracking jokes while the crew and Captain Steubing look on in dismay. Jimmy, you're absolutely right. The look Steubing on Captain Steubing's face. He is disgusted by this guy. Well, and the other thing I noticed is a point that you brought up, Mike. Um, you know, there there was a shot with of Julie with Doc at dinner. And I'm you know, we often say, like, what do they do work wise? But it just seems like they're never off duty. I mean, last week it was three o'clock in the morning and they're still in, you know, short jackets and dinner, dinner stuff. Like, I wonder how that works. Like it, they don't have it. They don't, they can't, that's the only place they can eat. Well, I was going to say, do you think they have to go or do you think they choose to go? Or do you think there ain't no place else to go? I think there ain't no place else to go. That sucks. That sucks because it's like, you can't get away. We're, we've all been in client relations at some and former fashion. And it's just like, can you imagine having to go eat with all these people that you've been talking to all day? Like, it's just like, no, thank you. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm with you. It's just awkward. Awkward. I just thought that was kind of an interesting. There should be yeah. like there, like that room they were in last week when uh, they were, you know, diagnosing the murder attempted murder. That should be their like, you know, cafeteria, like clubhouse, you know, employee cafeteria, like that kind of just make like it. I, a say, I did not watch last week's episode. So you guys are talking past me with that. Why well, they had this. Watched, like, I think room. the first three episodes, but it, it, you know, we always see the same sets. And I think last week it was just, uh, it was like a room off of the dining room. Yeah. Where they were sort of like, and you can tell like it, they made it look like it was quote unquote after hours, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Right. Um, but it wasn't like in a giant ballroom mm-hmm. with 300 other guests. Yeah. Like, you yeah, enough butter enough. their hand in that episode. <laughs> yeah. Can we get to the hand butter? As a matter of fact, I'm <laughs> sorry. What am I doing? Um, yeah. Well, Steubing is disgusted by this guy before he butters his hand. Before the <laughs> butter. Once even he happens. butters his hand, which is apparently his big gag, get, you know, thing, it's like the captain is ready to basically like throw this guy. Well, it's it's not just that he butters his hand, okay? Like, I had to watch this a couple times. I didn't want to, but I watched the details <laughs> of his little... So, as he is buttering his hand instead of a slice of bread, right? He doesn't realize it, but yeah. then he begins to cackle at the, just at, the, just at the, the hilarity of not wanting to eat his butter hand, his buttered hand. It was a very complex, like, little thing that was going. It wasn't just like, ah, it was, but um, the, the hilarity of, of me not, layered. oh, my nuanced. My note, the only note here is I say awful. I, I don't know what else to say. Well, my notes as far as the Barry thing is concerned and his comedy, and we'll get to, you know, obviously the big scenes later on. But uh, if you're going to have a show and you're going to write a character that's comedian, you should hire a comedian to write some stuff. And I don't think they did. I think just standard Frankie who writes on the love boat was allowed to write this guy's big gags. And that's why you get the joke about the cows and buttering your hand. This is clearly written by somebody who has no idea what comedy is. But wasn't he supposed to be bad? 
He's supposed yeah. to be big, yeah, but like that. it should be like believably big. That's what I'm saying. That's fair. It's That's very it, it, it's Kaufman esque in the sense that like with the you Tony Clifton like character, seventy seven like. Richard Pryor's big at this point. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Carl you also had those, yeah. but this had those guy people too that were like viewed it as art. It wasn't just like trying to get a laugh, like yeah. so bad. Well, that comes back to what happens at the end because there is that interesting thing when he does do his act where he switches to something else, and I have notes on that. But it's just larky. The idea that like this guy was a comedic, was a popular comic for years is not believable at all. Give him a couple of Bob Hope jokes, something. Yeah. You know, not the counting cows thing and whatever the buttering the hand thing is. Or, like, or maybe the amazing thing is, and Jimmy, you're right. Cause like in the act itself, it happens too, but it's like, they never gave him one good joke. Like no you could give him like no. one no. good joke and then it just gets progressive. Or, or give him the one in the beginning. Give him a right. Good, don't yeah. even give him a good one. Give him a decent, get a couple chuckles. His funniest lines like in the show or when he gets on and says, oh, the love boat, it's like a giant waterbed. And then when he says, sees the captain and goes, hey, who's minding the shop? Like, those yep. are the funniest things he says yeah. during the entire cruise. Yeah, his, his skewing takedown of Steubing's, uh, you know, steering, lack of steering is really, yeah. you know, that's why I can't believe you hate Barry Keyes. He's been saying things. Barry Keyes, probably a huge listener of this show. There's zero. Crapping on him, him and Tony Clifton, both. Uh, Danny stumbles upon a woman who's laying face down, and he as she sunbathes. This he is gush- hard. This terrible. He wrote this bit. Yeah, very. <laughs> it's, it's got it's, it's got keys, fingerprints all over this. Use the keys <laughs> method. Uh, gushes about how attractive she is. Propositions her, but the ship's horn is drowning out what he's saying. Uh, he shuffles off dejectedly <laughs> as the horn stops. And he screams at her, come down to my cabin later? Yeah. Awesome. Question mark? Again. It's just not. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was a com. That was just for com. That was a bit. Yeah, they're trying to write this as though he's pathetic. Yeah. And they're doing a good job. And he's doing a good job of playing pathetic. Yeah. Because if you've never been with a woman... And you're talking to a woman who's doing the thing where she's sunbathing with like the back of her top untied. So she's face down and just go up and talk, have a conversation like a human being, you know, like he goes up and he's like, Hey, you want to go back to my room later on? And she's just like, ah, see you around. And everybody around him is laughing because apparently the whole boat knows this guy's on the boat to try to get laid for the first time. ever. Terrible. Terrible. You gotta get off that boat. You gotta get I, this is the thing. They, they made me feel bad for Danny, which is how I know that he's the only one who brought his acting game to this to this episode. Fair, very fair. I generally wanted him to win, although we'll get to this. I was very angry with what they did with Marsha. <laughs> they sullied. They sullied the image of Marsha Brady. Oh, God. Uh, Julie finds Barry at the bar, cackling to Isaac about his comedic geniuses. Yeah. This uh, is when he chases away the women at the bar. And even Isaac, my note is he did have a neckerchief. That was a yeah. big look. Back that was a then. thing back then, though. Yeah, Thurston Howe the uh, third wore the neckerchief. Did he not? Still a bad, still a bad look. Though. It's a bad look. Yeah, it's. I don't know if he's the guy we want to. We want to. Well, what about the blonde guy fresh. from uh, Scooby Doo? He had a neckerchief, didn't he? Fred. It's a good. It's a good group. Yeah, Fred. <laughs> what kind All of? Yeah, what's your name? Guys. My name's Fred. <laughs> what's your last name? Mm. 
I have a van oh. and my name is Fred. That's all you need to know about yeah. me. And I have dog and talk. Speaking um, of uh, speaking hmm. of creeps, you hear gets did you see who got a funny haha by Stubing? Oh, I have I read notes on this. Yeah. Yeah, Woody Allen speak. is funny. Ha ha! Oh, buttering yeah, your yeah. hand is not funny. Ha-ha. Right. Oddly enough, buttering your hand is less peculiar in 2023 than Woody Allen is. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I'm uh, one of those people that never liked Woody Allen. So when Woody Allen was exposed as a creepy weirdo, I was like, "Yeah, cool. I've been right all along." Well, this is where you and Stubing part ways. Well, and the captain sort of t- she tasked Julie. Uh, you know, you need to decide whether. You want to function like a professional cruise director or uh, be a bit cowardly uh, or too cowardly to level with Barry about his uh, horrible performance. He referred to her as an officer of entertainment, which is that's a great title stretching the the lines of credulity um, in in military boat parlance. I guess. No, no, I knew guys in the army that were OOE. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a whole division. You go to training. Uh, they have like seminars on like um, the streamers. Yeah. Um, you, it wasn't you though, right? No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it was a guy I knew from Canada. I can't remember his name. Uh, Danny approaches a woman named Barbara. Here we go. Marsha, 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 Marsha. On the deck and asks her if she lives around here. She looks implausibly charmed <laughs> by his yeah. inept flirting which is, again, not believable, before he suddenly decides that the effort is a no-go and shuffles off dejectedly. A couple, couple notes here, right? First thing that jumped out at me, number one, how, how do you make Marsha not Marsha? You kind of mess her hair a little bit. She had a bit of a different hairstyle than a Marsha. Like, okay. she didn't talk like Marsha, uh, and it seemed a very anti-Marsha character. You know what I mean? Or, well, or, very, or, or it's, very what, it's very what uh, Mr. Brady was. They yeah. clearly... And this... This is what I I bring up all the time. This is what I think Love Boat is like: people playing against type and doing it well. I think that's what Epstein does too. You know, it's like um, maybe that's why I don't buy it. it maybe it's, it's maybe it's just it's a bridge too far. That's fine, but I mean, I think that's why the show exists in a way. I think some of the best performances have been the people who are completely against type because they really probably are invested in it because you don't want to be pigeonholed you know you don't want to be rerun your whole life you know it's like so or um, or maybe there's a number of people that are it, this is just a promotional vehicle where they're like just whatever sure, sure. You know? um the other uh thing i thought was interesting was do you think that there is a another show going on where marcia's friends are trying to get her laid <laughs> hmm. we never meet them but like she's got three friends, three sorority sisters, and they brought her on this cruise for the exact same reason. Well, can you imagine? I mean, I, it's weird because it's like funny, haha. Like, okay, this like, this well, yeah. premise of like <laughs> of, of, of the virginity, right? You have this guy who, so Porky's. Let's take the movie Porky's, right, and and switch it around to it's all girls trying to get their girl. Like it becomes this weird lady Porky's, lady Porky's. Like it becomes <laughs> this a weird funny criminal movie. little thing happening here that I was going to talk about later, but there's two storylines here about women who meet guys on this cruise, like the guys immediately and have to be the ones to say like, no, this is the guy. This is the one I want. And the storyline that's playing out with Danny is like, 
Danny clearly has no game, as evidenced by his meeting Barbara, saying hello to her. She has, as you put it, some weird, charming reaction to him where she immediately turns around, smiles, like, oh, hi. And like right there, you're like, you're in, dude. You're you're good. She right. clearly likes you. Just don't screw it up. And then he says, do you live around here? And then he says goodbye and walks away. And she's like, like tired or something, right? Yeah. Got, like, <laughs> it seemed like all you had no, to no, do no. with Barbara yeah. at this point was say hello. And she was like, you'll do. Here, Here's the thing, though. But, okay. And this, I'm going to back. I'm going to. I got to backtrack on what I said before. This is a bit realistic only because this, right? If you are inept, and I, I know someone that is, Tyke Mailer, if you're inept in this sort of communication, right? It's a real thing. I I distinct, Tyke Mailer distinctly remembers incidents where being out in a social situation, single where you're you're having a conversation with with like a girl or whatever, and then later that night your friend's like, "Oh, she was she was totally hitting on you." Yeah. So 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 the story is basically is if you're inept in that way, then you're also oblivious in that way. Right. So so he, he also might be shell. He also might be shell shocked. It's been a bad a bad stretch for, yeah, for Dan. Well, you Maybe get that a, later. You get that later when they talk on the the lounge chairs yeah. where. Yeah, that guy Steve is comes up to him and starts talking, and he's just like, I'm so tired, I gotta go back to my room. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, Marcia yeah, Brady's well. throwing herself at you. Yeah, and you're first of all, the only person on this boat who's wearing a sweatsuit, <laughs> get your shorts on, show some skin, and close the deal, Epstein. What are you doing? Scott Bayo had a he wore a sweatsuit, 12 year old Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo's well, character, I did watch that episode, that was insane, but he was a kid, right? He was a child. He had more Is he game supposed than supposed to be in a nineteen-year-old at college. And no, Scott Bayer did not have any game in that in that episode either. Mm-mm. The no, lesson well, here is that most guys have no game. Well, there's <laughs> so, a fun little thing here where it's 1977. We're talking about women's progressive views. It's like the women are the ones who are taking charge in this episode. Oh, in the whole right. show so far, this has been a yeah. very female forward. They're going on this ship looking for a guy, looking for some fun, and they're running into these absolute losers yeah. who they yeah, have to try to like work there. They got to manage these guys to the finish line. This is a red herring. This whole thing is a red herring. I just figured it out. Juan Epstein, he, it's a Robert Reed situation. It's a Jim Neighbor situation. He doesn't want. It's the seventies. He's still a virgin. He's terrible at talking to women. Maybe he's just, this is all for appearance sake. It would be consistent because the end of the thing, nothing happened. Yes, it did. He was lying. Yeah, he nothing lied happened. at the end. He lied. Nothing happened. I guarantee you nothing happened. He when lied. that camera totally was in, when she, he was making out he with, totally with Marsha. Marsha Brady was not no. letting anyone. She was not getting room. off that boat no, no, no. without you, getting laid. Yeah. After they were kissing and stuff, like they didn't see it because the, the camera went somewhere else. He was like, patooey, patooey, patooey. Hey, I'm Mike, telling you, know, you, Mike, you know, when you were like the guys who are bad at flirting or also are bad at picking it up, they're also bad at realizing when people are lying about not having sex with the other. Fair person. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I guess those go <laughs> hand no, in that hand. That whole thing, which we'll get to at the end, that was total. That was weird. That was weirdly written. But like, yeah, that was that was a lie. Uh-oh. All right. Here comes Adam Bricker, our friend. Doc is giving grandma some pills. Oh, um, I know the streak surprise, continues. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> you, you, know it's a, you know it's official because they came out of his uh, cabinet. His, his, his office cabinet. cabinet. 
Yeah. Oh, does he um, give her pills? Yeah, he gives yeah, everybody for insomnia. Her, uh, insomnia. So, uh, the doctor, I can't sleep. I worry so much about. Um. Uh, she then notices Doc isn't wearing a wedding ring and asks, asks him if he'd be up to meeting a young, gorgeous, sexy woman. Uh, I just well, met I, one. I, I put this note in Doc and I have so no smooth. idea. Doc is so smooth. I, Doc Daniel, is ready like, to throw down seconds at any Doc. point, no matter what. Yep. Why did I put I put a note here? It says in parentheses, new car with a tape deck. Yeah, that she's, been one that's of how things. she's selling. Yeah, she was selling the the granddaughter that she yeah. had a new a new car with a tape deck. Oh, that's yeah. what I couldn't remember where that came from. Yeah, um, she talks up Shirley. He mumbles about his complete lack of interest in doing that. Grandma asks him to come by where the Acapulco Lounge at seven p.m. tonight. Uh, moving on here, we're going. Barry's rehearsing in the lounge when Julie enters the room. This is a this is where this is bad. This is bad. Ooh, <laughs> just what a. What a Jay. So as she summons the courage to break the news that he can't be in the show, Barry scrunches his face in, in false pain and says he needs to sit down. Uh, so obviously she's in the spot. She can't say it. And he's saying how desperately he needs to hear the sound of applause in order well, for him to feel good. Cardiological issues. Hey, it's got nothing to do with your ears, dude. If your chest yep. hurts, I'm not a doctor. I mean, I've heard. Barry is such a good faker of this heart attack that he fooled the musical director because they played like the real slow piano, you know, sad song stuff. What were they going to play him out in case he was dying? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like he tricked them. It wasn't like you know. But again, you know, but the show must go on. Like this guy's just a scumbag. Just a yeah. This is this is low on multiple levels. I also have a soft spot for Julie because she's adorable. It's, it, it, yeah, Wait, what are you doing? I don't. She's about I to first... tell him, "Look, I we already booked the acts in advance," and he's yeah. like, "Ah, oh, oh. And now she's like, oh, "Well, I gotta let you go on now because you're clearly about to die." So I don't think I picked up that he was faking it. <laughs> like it made sense to me in the storyline that oh no, this scene later where you find out, right? But yeah, I don't. I don't think I thought the with the immediately. Lies. Yeah. Because that's how you get ready for a show. That's right. You drink some champagne, some caviar, and you pull out the old stretch muscle. He's also like berating the lighting guy on this ship. Like just absolutely just. Yeah, that you never see, right? Right. And it's like, you, dude, you're in a boat ballroom. Like how much lighting do you really need for, you know, I don't know, a 15, well, 15 minutes, right? I think that's what he said he's going to do is 15. You're not getting his whole act. He was very adamant no, about that. A tight, a tight 15. All right. No. Well, Mike, so annoyed by the storyline that he had to fail. So luckily I'm taking over Barry okay. Key style. All right. So um, after the fake heart attack, uh, we go to exercise, which would help you prevent a fake heart attack. Doc's sure. out there um, on the deck and he is kind of doing an exercise group, which is a hundred percent there just to um, set up Epstein's final fail. Um, So he uh, ends up talking to a married woman who points out her gigantic husband. He's uh, lifting weights. That guy over there is my husband. So that didn't work out well for Epstein. So he finishes 0 for 3 on hitting on people that we see. That we see. 
Right. There's there's a list later that that is not as much. Um, after he fails, and this is the one you're talking about, Jim. So Marsha comes back and uh, really just making it an absolute layup for her, for him. And he's an idiot. <laughs> so yeah. he's just a complete idiot. And um, like you said, he's dressed. He's dressed like he's an Ishtar. He's like wearing he's, he's wearing a tracksuit on a, on the on the deck while doing jumping jacks. He's sweating profusely. So now he has to go lay down. He's got a towel wrapped around him. She comes up to him and is basically like, "Hey, what's up? How's it going?" And he's like, "I'm just miserable." And I and you know they talk briefly. She says that she's mad. She's like majoring in communications. He says, oh, me too. And she's like, well, then we should be able to communicate. And he goes, I got to (laughs) go. But it's like, my God, like there's only so many college subjects. Like you have the same subject. That's great. I can talk to you about, you know, Marconi inventing the radio or whatever I learned in comms 101, you know. So this is the thing where I got upset at the treatment of uh, my beloved Marsha Brady here is that Isaac comes over and talks to her. After uh, Epstein walks away and he's like, hey, you're really into this guy, right? And she's like, yeah, he's cute. And then she seems to talk about him like she knows everything about him. Yeah. He's under pressure from his friends because obviously it's the talk of the boat. Uh, So she knows he's a virgin. She knows he's there to get laid. Bit of a stalker, perhaps. She also knows that he's apparently smart and sweet and all this other stuff, which he's had three seconds of conversation (laughs) with her. and sounds like an idiot. That Isaac scene and everything between him and Marsha was the most unrealistic thing we've seen yes. in this show so far. Not Amen. this episode, all of them that we've seen. Amen. Amen. Isaac, in theory, is an employee on this boat and is working. There's right. no way these guys are at the bar where he's – maybe those friends are at the bar and they're filling Isaac. Maybe. I don't know. But he pops out of there so fast. Like well, he's he hiding the behind a line. And he knows he everything. He exact line to her that – Epstein just did where he says like, Oh, I got to go or we'll talk later or something. I forget what he says, yeah. but then like she's talking to Isaac and he says like, I got to go or like, we'll talk later. And then she's kind of sits back and does like, that's what they all say. And it's like, right. How are you portraying Maureen McCormick, Marsha Brady? I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. I had a little bit of a crush on Marsha Brady when I was a kid. This was 1977. I would have been four so now three. So obviously I'm obviously like scoping out women at that age. And Marsha would have been one of them that I had a crush on and uh, portraying her as somebody who can't get anything going on a cruise. I'm just angry about that. Yeah. That actually might be more to your point, Mike, about Robert Hedges not being homely enough for mm-hmm. that role. It's probably more about Marie McCormick is probably far too. They're making it seem like Marie McCormick is just some chick on this boat that no one would have any interest in. They could have like at least they could have at least like can't hardly waited her and put glasses on or something like that. You know, see that's the thing. They would have if this was in the eighties. They would have had glasses. She would have had like a pigtail. Maybe been wearing like a baggy outfit. Yeah, but then somebody's like, no, just like her laying on the deck, just like, hey, I'm gonna have to talk to you for the second time, even though you're a total dork and a weirdo. What's up? And he's just like, I got to go. And then Isaac um, bails on her too, which just, yeah. you know, I know that. And, and I think Isaac's got to go back to work, which is fine. That makes but sense. My theory, my theory is, the, I don't my like theory is the bar is so empty because Barry Keyes cleared it out. We figured it out. He's watching this episode of The Love Boat on, on the bar television. So that's yeah. how he knows what's going on. 
So he was able to come out and, you know, give him the whole, basically it's, we're basically halfway through. He was able to give everybody the update. So he's one of us too. Right. Mike, we thought you bailed because you hated Barry Keys so much. No, no, just you know, probable technical issues when you're on. You a, want when me you're to get a us through the commercial, Mike, and then you can pick up. Is that yeah? So you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as All soon right. as the ads are going to come rolling in, so we'll, so uh, um, uh, Ruth Gordon. Surely, right? Yeah. This is when Ruth Gordon and uh, Patty Duke are on the deck, and she's kind of letting uh, Patty Duke know about the plan to meet with Doc, and she's. Uh, Patty Duke's really into Tab Hunter. And so, you know, they're all like, I don't want to do this, but, 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 but Ruth Gordon tries to throw herself overboard, which is yes. some of the great well, physical comedy of all time. Well, so. and the quote right before she went to jump over overboard was, can, can nice buy you a condominium? Yes. And she was going to be out. Those were final which, words by grandma. Um, well, like the, the whole storyline with her, I guess that there's, maybe something to this in the world. But it's very strange for me to think of like a woman who's like in her eighties or nineties, who's like, you know, my granddaughter's not married and it's really, it feels like I've failed because I have not found her a man. So I'm going to throw myself off of this boat. Right. Because if I can't do this, then like, what's the point of even going on? Meanwhile, her daughter has found a man. I don't, yeah, her daughter's doing fine. But I also think um, this isn't about her her granddaughter finding love. If we go back to the main point about uh, uh, the money, right? All grandma wants is to live like live out the rest of her days in 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 the house of a doctor, right? She doesn't uh, want to be so in the she's guest room. In yes, that's what she. You know what? Doing. I never really put that together. Maybe there is something to where like, does it ever? Do we ever find? I don't think it's said. Is there some sort of implication here that like she's living with her grandmother? Not necessarily. They never invited her her mom. I I just took when she said, I invited you on this trip. Like I felt like, I don't know. I don't know. My, my, my gut says no. Maybe she was going to push her over because she's such a, I feel like this is a trope that does show up in some of these old shows where it's like, some older person who's like, ah, oh, we got to get her married or else like she's going to end up an old maid or whatever. But like it's 1977 again, getting back to like, there's a feminist progressive thing in some of these things where like the women are the ones going after the guys. Cause the guys are complete idiots. The women are the ones who are like, Hey, I'm on this boat. I'm going to have a good time. And you have this throwback to this old lady. Who's like, if you don't find a husband, I don't know how you're going to even survive. You'll just end up in the street. Like you'll be right. a seamstress somewhere or whatever. Yeah. It's like, meanwhile, it's again, 1977. She's probably going to be fine. Whether she's and she paid for, not. she paid for two tickets on this cruise. Exactly. Um, well, this is the third, third episode in a row where we've uh, broached the subject of somebody going overboard. That's true. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Yeah. We're yeah. getting a little, we're getting a little jumpy on this boat. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. Um, I'll get us. I'll get us to the commercial break here. So, last scene is Isaac and Julie. Yeah, Mike, don't drop off. It's Barry Keys heavy. So, Isaac mm. and Julie are walking to the room. Isaac's got like a whole thing of tea that he's carrying. Um, Julie offers to go in. Isaac gets a couple of really good singers <laughs> on the way out. Bless you. Thank oh, you. I wrote he a says, note here. He says, "Disaster movies are in." When they were uh, trying to talk about his act, and then he basically says he's going to get the whole audience so drunk. Well, this is this is the note. That Maybe I that's made what happens. Isaac has essentially hit on the key to stand up comedy. 
which is that you get the audience loaded and then they laugh at everything. Yep. This explains how every terrible stand-up comedian in the 70s and 80s wound up with like an ABC sitcom because everybody in the 70s and 80s was doing coke, going to comedy shows, laughing hysterically at whoever was up there, and then those people became stars. You ever go and watch some of these like stand-up guys from the 70s and 80s? Like some of them obviously hold up, they're very funny. Some of them not so much. It's just a couple of it's a lot of Barry Keys and uh, yeah, the only explanation for how the whole audience is falling over laughter is that they're loaded. Yeah. And even then, they must have drank a lot in like the two minutes he was bombing because they didn't laugh at all in the beginning. No, <laughs> no. Um, like I said, this is Isaac's room from last year. So the armbands that we saw on the wall last time. Um, but it's funny. Barry, uh, I guess not expecting a visitor or not expecting it to be Julie is just in full workout. Yeah, yeah. He's, comes in. He's well, my note is uh my notice here is what muscle groups do you work with two handles and a bunch of springs? The not the heart. Not the not heart. The heart. Not the heart. That's right. Long story short, we've kind of uh hinted around this. Julie figures out that he has been faking, um, kind of says, All right, this is the favor. You are even now. Um, but he's still going to do it. Like he doesn't ha- really have any remorse for what he did. Just a totally sleazy move. Well, and Julie yeah. says too, like after he does tonight's show, the direct quote is the slate is clean. Yeah. We're yeah. done. Like basically you're like, dead to me. Like that's not a, when happy, you drag like, my father done. out of that pit in Guadalcanal, thank you. But yep. now we're even. And, like, and I, I wish you would say like, hope, hope it was worth it or like yeah, something yeah. a little, I had a little more fangs to it. But they go to commercial right on really there. That's the heart attack. Yeah, that's yeah, the no, part. Like they go to break. commercial with it was, Julie, kind of like, kind of getting dicked over by Barry Keys. Well, and also she's sort of taking the bull by the horns too. So it kind of made me feel better because it was like, well, how much, how much of the stuff are they going to allow the character to take <laughs> before the character's like, all right, yeah. like I didn't want Julie to be a complete pushover, but yeah. up until this point, I was like, come on, Julie, you fake a heart attack. You are now. Oh, yeah. Here we go. There's I mean, a fake heart attack. To, we're supposed to really like Julie. Yeah, but it's you know, here, like, here. that's very obvious that Julie is supposed to be. She's the what? What is her actual title? She's the cruise ship director, of cruise ship cruise director, or yeah, something like that. Well, here, she, we're all supposed to like her. Like, I think that one dude. What's his name? Gopher. Yeah, he has. I don't know what Gopher. Maybe knows. two or three lines in the entire episode. Yeah, Gopher's well, not, he's in, not really in well, this. Uh, at all. Well, here, here's the interesting thing about this issue, right? So during that fake heart attack, I just dawned on me. Where's Doc? Was Doc only here to give you pills if if you well, can't sleep? Oh, that's Doc right. Got his own agenda. Where's Doc? They didn't take Doc to. They didn't, they didn't they take didn't him take to his exam doc. room. Nothing. Doc wasn't even involved. Just go back to your room, and we'll bring you some tea. Yeah, go back to your room and and work out with handles and stretchy. It spray. does seem the worse the medical issue, the worse the care is. Like Bruce Bixby, a couple weeks ago, heard sprains his knee, and Doc's on it. He's, He's got a wheelchair for him, all this stuff. Jack Tripper, like a month ago, fell off the side of the boat, and they gave him hot chocolate. So it's inconsistent. terribly uh, inconsistent medicine. Yeah. on this ship. Um, uh, that is the yeah. end of act two. So do you want to pick up on act three? Sure, or? sure, sure. So doc complains to Isaac that he really doesn't want to be set up with grandma Warner's granddaughter. 
just as Grandma enters the lounge to drag him over towards where Shirley and Dave are sitting. And I wanted to make this comment. There's a lot of Doc in this episode. Yeah, like and even when there shouldn't be Doc, there's Doc, and when there should be Doc, there isn't Doc. A lot, but of, still doc, a lot of Doc. A lot of Doc after the first half of no Doc in the episode. He comes in kind of mm-hmm. midway. He does. He does. <laughs> so Shirley gives Dave a heads up that she agreed to have a quick drink with Doc. Uh oh. Listen, you're playing with Doc. You're playing with fire. You're not having. We a know that. After, you're not. You're not having is a this quick. After Doc is uh, being pitched to by Grandma. This is yeah, after, selling, correct? This is their selling, meeting. We're she meeting says in the that Shirley can cook and sew like a bandit. See? Yeah, we're at the uh, we're in the Acapulco Lounge at seven p.m. right now. Doc is meeting. Uh, so can Shirley. you not get medical treatment after seven p.m.? No, or if you so get a heart attack, or if you have SOL a, at that point, fake <laughs> heart attacks are after seven. You're on your own. <laughs> Jump off the ship. You know. Um. Doc ambles over again. Don't play with Doc because you're playing with fire. Looks genuinely smitten with Shirley. Oh, oh, he's very into Shirley. Yeah, the, all we needed was like a va 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 voo, or just like coyote eyes, like something. Yeah. Or, <laughs> he grabs her hand and ignores Dave, who Grandma quickly ushers to the dance floor. Doc swarmily coos. Where have you been all my life? With his best Dean Martin voice, Shirley grimaces and then glances helplessly over at Dave. Yeah, Doc kind of like creeps up on her. He's always a creep. But you know it's not his type. It's not his type. I know. I know. We know it's not his type. So I don't know what he's doing. Doc likes him big. He likes him big. Uh, Danny's combing through the female names on the passenger list. Okay. Which again, please, please. So where did he get the easel? And where did he get the ship manifest? Why is that something that you can grab as a passenger? Zero security. Zero security. You have to suspend disbelief for these things. But even this one was like, how does he have the name of everybody on the ship? What's going on here? And well, the other thing is, Julie's not even on these people. There's no way that even if you did have the manifest and you did hit on all these people, you do not know the names of all these people. Like yes. they never gave a name to the person who was the photographer or the yeah, workout person. Here, or anything. Here's the thing though, but it doesn't matter the names. He's just looking for a female name. And, and the, the thing that gets me even more than that is the fact that Julie walks over. She's got no problem with it. Yeah. It's like, her list. just trolling it's more than likely female her names. Yeah. Cause it's probably the, on a room, it's probably like Mrs. It was Mr. A different and Mrs. Time, like Mrs. Mike. It was a different time. This How is, do you get to know people on a ship? You steal the manifest. This is a frown upon it, sure, but breach like, of, this is like a data breach. This is terrible. Oh, this These is guys, this is some really terrible stuff. <laughs> look, Danny and his friends should have gone on the sex boat, which I don't think matters because I do think Danny's playing is playing the role of Paul Lind, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, you're wrong. You're just wrong. He had sex with Marcia at the end no of the way. episode. Yes, he totally <laughs> does. Not because he has any game, but because Marsh is like, I'm not getting off this boat without right. getting with That was I'm not 0%. even an ambiguous in- save it. We'll get to it. But you're, right. wrong. you're just wrong. No, right. <laughs> lack of awareness equals lack of awareness. I'm just saying. I don't. Um, uh, Julie's saying that sex is only a small part of the relationship. Julie's trying to do the right thing. Gopher gets his spit take, basically. Yeah, like, Gopher has one scene where he doesn't even speak. Yeah. 
Uh, Doc happily tells Doc, Doc happily tells Grandma that everything she said about Shirley has turned out to be true. And a few seconds later, the two run into Shirley and Dave. Dave is abruptly summoned to the purser's desk. Of course, I wrote scumbag move, Doc. And Grandma <laughs> cackles with uh, delight. Great move, Doc. This is yeah, you are scumbag move. You are Doc. playing in the majors, Tab Hunter. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm rooting for. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm. I'm on Team Shirley and Dave. It just. It just feels no, right. That's fine, but I like that. It's a nice juxtaposition between how bad Danny is at everything with women, and Doc is just uh, like, oh, I'm going to use all the tools I have available to me on this boat. Yeah, why didn't Danny just go talk to Doc? Doc exactly. would have made it happen in, in 10 that, minutes. That's who Danny should well, have been Clearly, Danny to. didn't need any pills. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> that evening, that's a good one. Da- <laughs> that evening, Danny is brooding on the deck when Barbara comes over. And oh, she God. says she'd like to get to know him. My, my palms started sweating right here. Like, oh, boy. Oh, oh. my God. When he visibly perks up, she suggests they take a walk around the ship and end up at his cabin. I'm, I wrote, "Slow down, Marsha. You're make, like making me nervous here." There's Whoa, no time. This is the last she's night. She's got no time left. She's got no time left. The, and apparently, there's like a whole party going on, and and he's yeah, out there is on a the scene deck. where one of his friends says, "Like you're missing the great party inside, or something." Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. There's something here. Sorry, Mike. Maybe you're about to quote. Are you about to give the great quote from when they're nope. talking at the railing? Go for it. Go for it. Uh, maybe. Um, uh, buh, 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 buh. They reach his cabin. He invites them to sit on the bed and he nervously okay. puts Before on. Before they food. get to the cabin, when she first walks up to him, Danny's line, and I wrote this down <laughs> Are you here to gawk at the eternal virgin in his natural habitat? <laughs> this guy's got. No idea no. what he's doing. This no. woman, first of all, she looks very good in this flowing frock that she's got on. And she's this is the third time now that she's smiled and approached him like, hey, what's up, guy? And he's just like, I don't know. But now she finally does like say, like, why don't we just go to your cabin? To which he kind of does this. I don't know which way to go. They turn the wrong way. Then they get back to the cabin. But, like, yeah, as I was saying before, like, Danny having absolutely no game is only saved by the fact that Barbara's not getting off this boat until. Right. And I think she even says that when she's talking to Danny. It's like, I just think, like, before this thing is over, we should get we should to know get each to other. Know she's each saying other. everything yeah. other than yeah. we should go take our clothes off. Yeah. See, I, I didn't read that at all. I read well, it like I, I'm starting to believe the idea that you identify with the awkwardness here. I'm starting to think this is autobiographical. <laughs> I feel like I could have played the part of Danny better than Danny. I feel and, like and... you have played the part of Danny. This <laughs> <laughs> part. Did you write this episode? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Who knew? It was like a prophecy, you know. Listen, uh, I've been an awkward guy at times, but whenever a woman comes up to you and is like, let's go to your cabin, there's one and only one answer to that question. Yeah, to that, yeah, 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 but in my mind, I'm like, no, there's so many. She wants just, to go talk. She wants yeah, to go no. talk to me about books or well, something. He, and he basically, at one point, when they get back to the room, he I thought they were going to go really far down the line with this, but he basically is like... Who sent you? Why are you here? Oh, like, I am a great a- thing. Yeah, I don't know if Mike's going to get into this yet. 
I almost thought they were going to do this, the kind of really tacky plot where it's like, did my friends put you up to this? Like that I kind thought of thing. They might oh, be she's going. a concubine. Like it can get crazy. I thought they might be going there with the idea that his friends had somehow like got her to go. Yeah. Do this. That might've been even for 1977, that might've been a little too far. Yeah. Cause I mean, like they sit down on the bed, like she sits down on the bed right away. Like I know what I'm here for. Yeah. He is like trying to put on Led Zeppelin. Because he thinks that's romantic. Yep. Then he well, starts depends what song. He has yeah. a poem or something that he wants to read. Yeah, Wads, Wadsworth. But he got the guy. And then she's wrong. like, "Come here, stop being an idiot," and like kisses him. And then he stops her and is like, "What are you doing here?" And yeah. she actually gets, to her credit, to uh, Maureen McCormick's credit, she does a good job of in this part, in this scene, acting completely incredulous at this point. Yep. It's like. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? I've I been trying for the past 10 days to get into your pants and you're just like, what? I don't what's happening? Yep. Let me just say that it from an awkward person, right? I, I do have an example that I think will convey real world awkwardness in this, right? Real quick. You need to grade, point out that you are married with children. So married like, with children now. Yeah, this was, you know. Uh eighth grade. Name was Lauren Ansley, right? Eighth grade. Um, Lauren, I hope you're watching and listening and uh, <laughs> enjoying the show. Yeah, it's Drop true. your comments in the section. Yeah, hit the smash like button. Be sure comment, to like but, and subscribe. Uh, and um, nobody was home at my house. So she, she had taken the school bus home with me. So we get to okay. my house. There's nobody home. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're kind of just standing there awkwardly. She had no idea how inept I was. I, I didn't even know until this moment. Uh, I said, uh, she goes, hey, well, I guess it's just you and I here, huh? And I went and I said, want to play checkers? I said, you're right. Let's go sit out front. So we sat (laughs) out front on my front porch. You must feel dangerous. (laughs) Well, there you go. And the the next day at school, she made it. She broke up with me. She called me me a prude. I wasn't a prude. I was just uh, not aware. I don't even big fan of the front porch. Eighth grade. Who doesn't love a front porch? Let me just say, my defense, I love porch. Uh, is, would you consider a front porch almost to be like I don't know the deck of a boat when a party is going on the inside? Promenade? It's all the same. It's all the same. See all the all, I mean, all you need is a big, big wig and some white pants, and That's you, it. my friend, are Danny. That's <laughs> it. I'm Danny. Sure if she's from around here, just terrible. <laughs> uh, Showtime. <laughs> Uh, oh, showtime. Yeah. Showtime. Julie introduces Barry as the cruise's special performer, then shoots him the stink eye, a well-deserved stink eye, when he gives her a thank you peck on the cheek. Uh, she shouldn't have let him do that. Anyway, I, in the 90s, that, that scene's not happening. You know? uh, his opening jokes fell so flat that he asked the audience if they speak English. That, that made me that <laughs> made me. Like the microphone is on. Like, this is my point. He doesn't have one good joke. No. Even a little bit. It is like bomb, bomb, bomb. Nothing but bombs. Bomb, 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 to bomb, bomb. Just bomb after consistent bombs. You are bombing on a boat where people cannot leave the boat. And most of the people on the boat are very old to the point where they may have been your contemporaries when you were a famous comedian. This is terrible. how bad you're doing, Barry. Well, you'd think you'd be able to get over well, just on... And use whatever used to work. He well, even says that at one point, like, oh, these are old jokes. You know, these are old jokes. It's like, they were bad back then, Barry. Yeah. You, you yeah. got to figure. I, but I also... I radio th- drum. Jack Benny was funny. Like, it's like... 
Well, I think, I there think have been issue, funny people in the world before this. Yes. I think part of the issue here is that he was so obnoxious leading up to this. Like if they had kept him hidden, right? No one had seen him, big surprise or whatever. And then he'd come out. I think he would have gotten some like sympathy, laughs, slash applause. He would have got a little bit of last. a bump. It, it would have been something just because, you know, you yeah. walking in. But he but blew that. Right. He spent the last few days scaring people away from the bars. So yeah. <laughs> that is true. It's a terrible word of mouth. Oh, it's this guy. It's terrible. Terrible. sitting it's there terrible. just like they're letting this guy ruin my dinner again. Well, everyone can hear him with that voice. Like everyone, you, you just do. Just, just keep it down for a um, Julie's so dismayed that she flees to the deck. Gopher follows her to see what's going on. She tells him she regrets letting her personal feelings about Barry get in her way uh, of her job as a cruise director. Uh, Gopher agrees it was a huge mistake to put him in the show, but she says she'll probably be laughing about it in five years. No, Gopher. Julie returns to the lounge and is pleasantly surprised to see that the audience is warmed up to a shtick. All right, this this is what I've been waiting to say right here. Number one, when the hell did he develop this new act? Number two, he's all spoken word. Like, and it's everything was back in my day. Everything was back. It was not funny. It was not, it was the same thing said at a different cadence. There was a couple, there was a couple of these. I thought the bit about going back to the street corner and telling your boys what happened and you lied. That was, I mean, I'm halfway, I'm 50 50 with both of you. I, I don't think that his new act was funny. But except but I do kind of agree with Mike Robertson that, you know, the thing about like, oh, back in my day, you had to go back to after you took a girl out. You had to go back and you had to talk to your boys on the corner and they'd want to know what happened, blah, blah, blah. Kind of getting back and hinting at the storyline going on with uh, Epstein and Marsha here. But like, I do like this inside comedy and maybe I'm a comedy nerd thing, but like this idea that like the joke teller from the 30s has to kind of reinvent himself and do observational comedy in order to relate to a younger audience. I like that idea, but again, going back to get some writers that can write some funny bits. Cause if he had, if that's, well, scene, they oversold it. They oversold like they, they oversold yeah. like the crappiness of his act. I think if they, it was too much, when if they have that, they include the new act. If the new act includes one or two, like really good singers, which they could have, there's somebody that could have written a couple jokes for this episode like it would have landed more for me i do like that he switches to the he gets a stool and then he switches to this observational comedy thing where he's like you know kids in my days blah 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 and these no, kids today is, they don't have any spine and blah blah blah, blah, blah. This, when this he grabs a, the stool he says let's rap which is great this is a time no, when no, comedy no, no. was doing that yeah, this wasn't comedy. The, this is a ripoff, is what it is. This is a ripoff of the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. I don't know if you remember. People? Yes, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg, right? He went on to take the, you know, it was like a Judas Priest thing, you know, Ripper Owens. He took the spot of of Rob Halford, right? And at the end of the movie, he's realized his mistakes, and now he's in Seattle, man, and he's doing an acoustic guitar in a coffee shop. It's the same thing. So Barry Katz is Mark. Yeah. I agree with what Our you're cats. saying. I don't know. Where I, I agree with Our what keys. you're saying in that what they could have probably done to earn it a little more was he could have been doing all his nonsense in the beginning of the episode, but then he makes a, like an offhanded comment to Isaac about 
the age generation gap or something like that. And right. Isaac's like, oh, that's pretty funny, man. Yeah, that's and, uh, yeah. Like, just show that he's been tooling around with these ideas a little bit. It really does go. Or, he, or, or he could be like, let me bounce something off of you. Right. Like yeah. in like a sincere. So you right. can kind of see the behind the like how what's about to happen. Or even even if you really want to get into it, Julie could have been the, the impetus. And then it could have been now I owe you a favor. Like, you know, oh, I mean, if they had done something along the lines of like, he suddenly drops the jokes and starts doing a Rodney Dangerfield kind of like, well, I tell you, you know, people used to laugh at my stuff, but they don't anymore. Here's yeah. what I got going on now. And then rips into something that's like funny for 30 seconds. It's it's better. But there's yeah. just they don't have the budget on this show or whatever to go hire the comedy writers that they need to, to sell. Now, it's hard to make stand-up comedy work on a show like this. But as we've talked about several times now, like nothing he does lands. And even when One he, thing he uses his new persona, it doesn't land that much. One thing he does lands. That man looks excellent in a tuxedo. He I mean, can, he looks like he can he wear a tuxedo. He, he looks, looks like he should be good at this. Exactly. He yeah. has the he has the presence of an excellent stand-up comedian. If this guy gets up to do a toast at your wedding, you know you're getting something. <laughs> oh my god, absolutely. That guy, that guy would be an excellent mater d at a South Philly restaurant in 1977. Yeah. He's going to oh, be making god. the girl laugh, he's going to be making you laugh every You're never time. getting your food. It's going to take for We've been there at the diner before you can't, when we got you the can't get anything about the wrong thing. You can't get any unopened packs of butter. <laughs> it's terrible. All the all, buttering uh, his hand and ma'am, all the butters. Uh, uh, so Freddie Stevens, remember him, races over to Barry and tells him that he'd love to book him for some small comedy clubs, but Barry dismissively says later, "I call nonsense." Hey, his hey, Freddie. Now he's hey, cool. Freddie, you got time. Nobody has seen this act. Yeah, you're, and you're on a boat. You don't have to run over there all desperate. (laughs) Just stand by the exit. You'll see him. It's not a big deal, Freddie. (laughs) Good Lord. Uh, He pulls Julie aside to beg her for forgiveness. But the only reason he's asking for forgiveness, like what if he had just fallen on his face the whole act? Right. Well, then forgiveness was because his plan worked. Yeah, because Freddie approached him. His plan worked. Yeah, his plan worked. We've talked about this like. This plan, as sleazy as it was, he worked. It worked. Oh, it worked. It well, so now Julie's like, oh. oh, she beams and assures him he hasn't lost her respect. How, Julie, your bar is low. I'm just saying, your bar she's, is low. Listen, she's never going to see this old man again. But her dad Julie is so business. sweet. And we are supposed to wow. think so of far. her so sweet that she's just like, okay. It's early in the show. Very early. We'll see what happens. I mean, maybe later if something turns, but right now nothing she's like, turns. Julie is yeah. perfect for nine seasons, and then right. she leaves the show, and I mm-hmm. leave the show on her own. Right, right, right. Then we bring in Steubing's daughter. I don't know if we can. Whatever you find she a new, can... re- you find a replacement for it. Season ten, Jimmy, you can come back and host season ten. I'm, I'm out. When Julie goes, Julie's out. I'm out. That's it. There you go. Good luck, Mike. Good. You luck. know what? It's over. Once Julie's out, this stop. project is completed. <laughs> we just, we get I don't like, like hearing that. We get I don't like, like hearing that. 215 episodes and then stop. Like, just yes. stop. Nope. Yeah, just, we're done. Uh, we're not going to even cover the end. It's a curveball right there. So uh, Shirley stops by Doc's cabin. Here we go. I always get nervous when there's someone, a woman is going into his cabin. Unescorted. Uh, to, to tell him uh, she's in love with Dave King. 
Uh, and she's afraid well, before to Before she can do that, he grabs her and pulls her into the room. <laughs> uh, Finally, you see things my way. Uh, Doc mulls that over for a few seconds and proposes she come by his office with Grandma tomorrow afternoon. And in the meantime, he'll figure out a way to convince the old lady that he's really not that great of a catch. Ooh. Doc uh-huh. went to that. Jeez. Doc went to that pretty fast, which makes me think he has done this once or twice. Um, oh, he's left many people at like restaurants. He's done all sorts. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll Secondly, be right back. Uh, this date's not going well. I left my heart medication in my car. Er, like he doesn't. Doc, you must have forgot. This is Doc. Three o'clock is 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 prime doctoring hours. You should have had. Well, what do we know about? We know that Doc was in the army because he says in this episode that when he was in the army and they were doing calisthenics. This is what my old army instructor used to tell me. We know that he's been divorced, what, three times or something? Four, four times. Four. four times. Married four times and divorced four times, right? Yeah. Yes. Go for four. And his name is Adam Bricker. He's a doctor on a cruise ship. Yeah, Doc is Doc is living the life in 1977. So I had a question that you two may or may not know the answer to. So when uh, Patty Duke's leaving... And Doc's like, I'm a bad loser, which is great. I, this is great. I'm a bad loser. Don't come to me for your Wasserman. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that, that is. Meant. Yeah. Is that like a wedding know. thing? I don't know. I it's got to be a reference to something in 77 that we don't know. Yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck with your Wasserman. Well, I'll find out and I'll comment on it in the stream. Excellent. So the, the following afternoon, Shirley brings Grandma to Doc's office. And the two find him faux boozing while yeah. staggering around and this, slurring this his words. Is it was a Dean Martin impression. It was good. Uh, it was bravo. Bravo. What are all you yes. doing uh, in my room? Uh, as he grabs at Shirley and pretends to paw at her, an appalled grandma calls him a degenerate. If, if grandma only knew what Doc was, it, he would have already been called a degenerate. Yeah, this was a barely active for Doc. Yeah, it's okay to give me shady drugs, but don't try to touch my granddaughter who I wanted to. Yeah. Mike, is this the first purse whipping we've yes. had? First yeah. purse whipping, correct. Sir. Not, not going to be the last. No. no. Uh, smacks him with her purse. Shirley laughingly admits to grandma that Doc was merely putting on an act because she's in love with Dave but didn't have the guts to point that out since she's a grown woman and it's none of her damn business who she hooks up with. Oh, that's just my note. Uh, grandma suddenly decides she's okay with the granddaughter's choice and suggests they go find Dave to share the good news. What a weird wrap up just to say they like, it was quick. Like what? Where's tab? I mean, maybe he was getting paid by the minute because he, he wasn't on that much. Tab was on that one. Tab didn't get to the the dock the in, the inner sets. He was just no, no interiors for Tab Hunter. So. None. The funny none. thing is, Tab never has to sell himself at all in this episode. Nope. No, it's just like he meets her. He weirdly jumps out of the pool like a yeah, lunges and lands on like, her, and immediately they hit it off like old. They they've known each other. They dated Texas. apparently in high school. Yeah. So it was okay. They it was implied they mentioned that they'd known each other. I don't know if it was. I think they. I think they mentioned they went. Yeah, they did. It was in high school. Yeah. Uh, Danny and Barbara, back to them, are holding hands and kissing goodbye. And a few seconds after she ambles off, Danny's frat brothers rush over and cackle about the towel that Danny had hung over the doorknob last night, and leap to the assumption that he got lucky. Danny smiles dreamily into space, but says it was all a ruse. Because he didn't actually have sex. 
I don't know. And then there's a note here about a weird guy sitting behind him. Like somebody sat down behind him. It was weird in this little cabin. I don't know what. Oh, sits behind me in chemistry class. Okay. Oh. That's, that's where it got. I'm like, <laughs> what sits behind me? Sense. That was like absolute rhubarb. It was that same kind of thing. I was missing a couple letters. Um, uh, thoughts on this? I So I guess they want you to think he's A, being a gentleman. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And then B, this is probably deeper than they intended to go, but we talked about it. Those friends care way too much about his business. And I think he doesn't want to give them the satisfaction of of, of knowing the truth. So maybe he's holding yeah. it over. Or it was that, special. So. One of those um, kind of things, right? It's, it's interesting because, again, it's another version of you either meet a stranger on these boats and you marry them. Or you meet a stranger on this boat and you don't even exchange phone numbers or addresses. Like, there's yeah. no indication these two are ever going to talk again. Right. Which is... I don't know. I know. I know you can't give a cell phone number. But give me an address. What college do you go to? There's. Give me something. Give me or something give me to hold number. on to as a they viewer have, that these two were getting together. They had phones in the seventies. Yeah. Just, just give me a phone number. Yeah. It's like he sees her and she waves at him, and then they go, "Who's that?" And he's like, "I don't even know that girl." Yeah. And then, like ten minutes later, she's getting off the boat and she yells, "Danny!" And he looks over and waves, and it's just like. Are you never going to see this woman again? Like now, to her credit, she went on that boat looking to score. She scored. Yeah. And now, kind of like a guy going on a trip to Vegas and coming home, it's like I have no intention of seeing this woman ever again in my life. She has no intention of ever seeing Danny again in her life, but she had a good time last night. But that's an episode for Lust Boat. That's not love. That's That's Lust Boat. So, I mean, it it is exciting. Yeah. It is exciting and new, but that is not love. No, that's not. That is not. That's love. not. That's not Tab Hunter, Patty Duke love. No, no, no. Well, those uh, people are the real thing, obviously. Yes. Uh, Barry signing autographs when Freddie Stevens invite him to call him to call in the morning to discuss reigniting his comedy career. And after that, Julie escorts Barry to the ship's exit before giving him a warm goodbye hug. Good riddance, Barry. <laughs> I'm so done with that. Julie stands yeah. right in the doorway. Just blocking everyone. Like you work here. Yeah, yeah, you, you work here. What are you doing? Yeah, my prediction is that Barry Key's career is not going to take off after this. I don't think Freddie Stevens is who I want as my representation. That guy doesn't seem to really be on the cutting edge of anything. Carson, Carson's not taking that call. No. 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 You're on Tom no. Snyder if you're lucky. If you're um, lucky. If yeah. you're lucky. My thought is Barry tripped on the way out on that dock, that one, <laughs> you know, that one uh, set that they have, bumps his head, forgets who he is, and he lives the rest oh, of his he, life. Oh, it probably his- happened. He probably went to grab the railing on the way down, and it's all slippery because of the butter. <laughs> That's right it. Down. That's it. And now he, you know, he ended up in an, an assisted living facility. <laughs> Uh, grandma, and he can't tell. He's in a vegetative state, too, so we can't even tell bad jokes. Uh, is that a happy eight. ending? No, mm. depends on your thoughts on Barry Keys. Wow, I think it's we know you were. Yeah. I think yeah. we know where one person. I'm gonna have a T-shirt made. Just put it's gonna say Barry Keys is the worst, the worst love boat guest ever. Never yeah. explain it. Barry Nothing. Keys sucks. Well, I bet you there's a market for 45 year old T-shirts. You know, 45 year old slogans. 
check check oh, check no. our website for our, our t-shirts yeah store. email me quickly uh red bubble you know all that good stuff we'll get you <laughs> we'll get you something uh grandma gushes at dave about how thrilled she is so weird how it changed because he didn't try to accost her about him possibly becoming her grandson-in-law then gives doc a goodbye kiss and offers to introduce him to her niece notice doc perks up at the mention of meatloaf uh and he would chase her out yeah, Just they, not she, the fact hmm. that she was Miss Illinois. Well, he likes him big, remember? He likes him oh. big. Meatloaf. That's like, you know, meatloaf. Cook. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like Just as, that's it. Just as Shirley barks at her grandmother to stop her matchmaking and disembark with her and Dave. End of episode. Listen, I'm not going to say this is the worst of anything or the best of anything. Like, as far as Love Boat episodes are concerned, I think I've watched four. I The thing with Barry doesn't land for me. The Barry Keys thing just doesn't work for me. Uh, the thing with Epstein and Marsha is funny enough in that, like, he's such an inept guy. The thing with uh, the grandma and Patty Duke just seems like a very strange story of this grandmother trying to marry off her granddaughter when, like, clearly she meets this guy who's he's a teacher. He's a good guy. And the grandmother's like, no, he doesn't make enough money. It was weird. It was a weird episode. But yeah, I um I do not think this was the winner, um, especially compared to last week, which was a very I know you don't. Um, I liked it more the first time than I did the second time. Um, I don't necessarily agree with, uh, Mike, your, your anti the second storyline thing. And I actually thought as lame as Barry keys was, I thought it was well executed. I thought everything was well executed. Oh, I, um, I don't argue with that at all, but I, I do not think this was the best episode. Despite, like I said, I tend to gravitate towards people going against type. And we had a few of those. Um, yeah. this, this had a, this had some issues and I think the more you kind of get into it the more you realize it wasn't the it was not oh, definitely yeah, yeah. a layered complicated episode that we had last week I just think coming off that episode last week you know what it was it boils down to fun watchability and fun this this episode was not fun and it wasn't very watchable so it it's over two for me I, is it the worst I would say it's the worst no it's definitely not no it's not taking the place of last week. Absolutely not. No. And I think the other thing that's interesting is if you compare it to last week, you had a annoying character over the top annoying, really, with a twist at the end, let's say. But it was so much better last week, even though Gomer Pyle never actually acted any different throughout the whole episode. They did a lot of work with him off screen, basically, to make that storyline pay off. Whereas here, Barry Key's kind of a bad guy, kind of a user, got what he wanted at the end. And that's not, like, that doesn't make you feel good about No, it's not fun. Guy. It's not fun. It, 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 I like my Love Boat episodes with some whimsy, with some comedy, and, and, and at least one storyline that I can leave feeling good about. So, yeah, it wasn't a very... King of the like, Hill... Yeah, definitely not. There wasn't like a wacky lightness mm -mm. to it in a way either. Not that we need no. everybody falling into the pool every week, but um, so we agree this is not 
no, the best definitely episode. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah. Episode yeah. five will will carry on at least one more week. So uh, Captain of the Ship, who had the best performance, storyline, acting, whatever. Jimmy, you're the guest. Who would you think is the captain of the week? I mean, in terms of acting, I think that, I mean, I wish I knew how to say his name right, but I'm just going to call him Epstein. I think he nailed this awkward guy who's on a ship, who's just lonely and pathetic and has no idea how to talk to women. I think he did that well. I mean, I think that whatever you think of the episode, and this wasn't a great episode or whatever, but like the guest stars did what they were brought on to do. I think this is more a problem of the writing. <laughs> so I'll just say that. Like, but uh, I thought that Epstein's portrayal, I keep calling him Epstein. I don't, sorry. I know he's dead now, but like, apologies, <laughs> Epstein. But uh, he nailed this. He was good. He yep. was very believable as the awkward guy who had no idea how to talk to him. I have the exact same thoughts and the exact same winner, uh, Epstein, as well. I thought uh, absolutely everything you said, aces across the board. Mike, yeah. who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Doc on this one. Um, and, and, and that's just a couple things. Number one, just because of volume. Um, and it's about time a cast member gets this much sort of screen time within an episode. You got a lot of shots it's, up. Yeah. Got a lot of shots up. Mm-hmm. Well, because we haven't seen that this much since that first episode. It's been maybe a little bit of Julie. It was just refreshing well, really, to Julie, see. I mean, Julie is the star of this show. Oh, I, well, they give her the I end. Think, you yeah. give her the end. And so I would go, uh, this episode for me would be Doc. Now, okay. Could we could we say Julie almost for every episode? We probably I almost should. think we have to take Julie out of the mix for a little I mean, bit. Like yeah, Julie's the heart of the show, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I bet you Julie's been by far on the most. Like, cool. in the most stories, had the like most time-wise. lines. Like, she's yeah, definitely, yeah. like, Steubing, again, this week, Steubing kind of showed up in Steubing the first half and disappeared. Episode. He didn't even yeah. come back after the he just thing. comes on, makes a very disgusted look at Barry Key's <laughs> comedy. And out here. Puts um, one of his many short jackets on and goes to dinner. This was a little harder for me. I'm guessing it wasn't for Mike, but Jimmy, walk the plank. What was the worst thing about this week? Now, I, I liked I liked her. I liked all of the guest stars. I liked her. But the grandmother's weird obsession with getting her granddaughter married off was just strange. To me. Like maybe it's a generational thing. I don't understand why you'd be so desperate, whatever. Like Patty Duke's fine. You don't need to worry about her. Yep. But the grand, the whole portrayal of like, I got to get her a man. I got You're a doctor. You should meet her. She knows how to sew. She knows how to cook. She's got an eight track. Like it was just bizarre. It was like, a big thing. Cause that player was very much like, you know, again, going back to this idea that like the women are the ones taking control of things in this episode, you know, this grandma kind of signifies to me and Ruth Gordon's great. She's great. But like, she signifies to me this sort of like, uh, you know, she's the female Barry keys in this one where it's like, (laughs) she's just out of touch. She just doesn't, she's just, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I like her. I didn't like this character. Yeah. Leave your uh, granddaughter alone. <laughs> Mike, I mean, I think I know where you're going, but... <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe not. I would go for me. Uh, it would be Frat Guy 2, uh, I think, with the blonde hair. Okay, um, yeah. 
Like, I mean, those guys are very disliked. <laughs> yeah, I have the Fred. I have the I have Dave's friends too. Um, yeah, I have blonde, those, all the three of them. and the old one. The yeah. third guy, he see, they, he wanted to make that bridge. Yeah, they didn't go full like you know what? Leave alone, guys. But it guilty, was like guilty by I association. Thought gonna, I thought he was going to tell the friend at the end after the other two idiots left. Yeah, um, they didn't. Yeah, they uh, really I, did not write that ending well. They didn't seem to know how to. They want. They wanted it to be like he's a gentleman, so he's not going to talk. He's not going to tell these guys anything. But they also just, you know, it's like he's standing there and he's staring off into space, and it's like he hasn't learned anything. You know, she was obviously the quarterback of the whole thing. Yeah, it's no, just think, like uh, okay, you had sex. That's great, but you're still kind of clueless. I just think it's really hard to come off as better than somebody even if they're a virgin, which you look down upon when you agreed to come on a cruise with a bunch of old ladies and Barry keys. Yeah. So I, I, I it is what it is. Be careful what you ask for. And that's totals in a recap for this week. There we go. Listen and it, reach out to us. Our email address is the love boat project at Gmail. You can find us at the love boat project on YouTube at the love boat project on Twitter and you'll find us at the Love Boat Project on Facebook as well. Uh, again, special thanks to our guest this week, Jim. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, uh, and thank and you for having us. me on. It was uh, it was a pleasure and an honor, and uh, I look forward to coming back and discussing more of these terrible people, <laughs> other than Julie, who's obviously a peach. Excellent. My only hope is that Barry is never to be seen or heard from again. <laughs> R.I.P. Barry Keys. Barry got involved with some shady investors and was never hurt. <laughs> Fun times. Uh, we will see you again next time for episode seven. Mike, thank you again, as always. And we will see you next episode. Boat. I have a boat.